Captain's Log, Stardate 710.hashoil. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Hologram Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go where we are the ones who mourn mourn. This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, can we turn off this generator program already? <laughs> Can't someone else do it? Yeah. Today we're watching and reviewing Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Season 2, Episode 16, Shadow Play. Mm. But first... You ever do Shadow Play in the bedroom? Um... I mean, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I feel like as a, a white man, doing shadow face is um, not acceptable. Oh, I'm talking about like where you do erotic um, shadow shadow puppets. Oh, <laughs> I was talking uh, where you do erotic pretending to be Alec Baldwin from the 1992 film <laughs> The Shadow. <laughs> is it the shadow that had the big nose? He had a fake, big, fake nose. No, was that the Shadow or Dark Man? I don't. No, I, no, I was... Dark Man didn't have a nose. No, right, right. But I think the Shadow is like his whole thing is he had like a giant nose, or and I, I think the nose is supposed to be fake. Oh, that's right, because his saying was the Shadow nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we'll be reviewing uh, DS Nine Two Dot Sixteen Shadow Play today, but first. Let's get in to what is new in the world in Trek and the world outside of Trek. Oh boy. We got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news for you. What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do? Damn, sucker, what the fuck you gonna do about it? <laughs> Ton of Trek news this week. This week... In an article published by Yahoo News, it was revealed exactly uh, what the most recently scrapped Kelvin timeline film, tentatively titled Star Trek IV, was about. Mm. So before they went on to become the showrunners of the new Rings of Power Lord of the Rings series, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay were tapped to write Star Trek IV, and they did. During an interview this week for the finale of Rings of Power, they were asked about the scrapped film, and they gave an outline of the project. Uh, Patrick McKay said, quote, the conceit that was through a cosmic quirk in the Star Trek world, Jim Kirk and his father, uh, who is to be played by Chris Hemsworth, like in the first film, were the same age. It was going to be a father-son space adventure. Think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but in space. Mm. We were really thrilled about it. We had an original villain and a really cool 2001 Space Odyssey-esque sci-fi idea at its core. We worked on it for two and a half years with Lindsay Weber, our non-writing executive producer on The Wings of Power, and an amazing director, S.J. Clarkson, who was the last director attached to the mm. film. He dropped out. Um, the movie eventually fell apart, and it really was a heartbreak for us. <clears throat> it's part of what led us here, because it got us thinking, 
gosh, with a big IP title, big movie stars, and a story that we all felt we uh, had the chance to be terrific, it couldn't come together. We felt the winds were shifting towards big movies, which is part of what made us start taking TV more seriously. That led us to Rings of Power. But uh, we would have loved to make the movie. I want to spoil a piece of it that's exciting. How'd they come up together? Can we do that, JD? And JD Payne, his writing partner, says, Sure, why not? (laughs) There's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Relics, where they find Scotty who's been trapped in a transporter for a couple decades, 75 Mm -hmm. years, um, and they're (laughs) able to have a cool adventure with him. Our conceit was, what if right before the Kelvin uh, impacted with the huge mining ship, George Kirk had tried to beam himself over to his wife's shuttle where his son Jim Kirk had just been born? And what if the ship hadn't completely exploded, but what if it left some space junk? Think about when you send a text message and you've typed it out, but you haven't quite hit send. On the other side, they see those three little dots that someone has typed. It's like the transporter had absorbed his pattern up into some pattern buffer, but hadn't spit him out on the other side. It was actually a saved copy of him that was in the computer. And then um, uh, Patrick McKay says, So the adventure is that Chris Pine and the crew of the Enterprise have to seek out the wreckage of the ship that his father died on because of a mystery and a new villain. (coughs) In the ship, they stumble across his father's uh, transporter pattern. They beam him out, and he has no idea that no time has passed at all, and that he's looking at his son. Then the adventure goes from there. Oh. Yeah, seems like it could be fine. And, uh... Really sounds more like them trying to shoehorn in in another A lister to try to really sell the movie with yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, because like when Chris Hemsworth made the was, did make that appearance, like, he wasn't that no, big of a. He wasn't Thor. Yeah, or, <laughs> that was maybe. Yeah, that was. So I think the first Thor was two thousand eight, and then the that mm. movie was two thousand nine. So yeah. his star was just rising at that point. Yeah, so it's like they're drooling. They're just like, oh, this guy that's in all these other movies. Let's get him. Let's find a way to get him in here. But. um uh, you I mean it's it's interesting that they went and wrote Rings of Power. I don't know if you've watched any of that. No, have you? Yes, and um, I uh gave up pretty quickly. It's pretty boring. <laughs> like uh, I got I'm having a lot of um like uh um uh series fatigues on a lot of these like uh mm-hmm. on these a lot of these things like uh like I didn't even bother with Game of Thrones. Like Rings of Power, I started watching. It just it just did like uh. It was way too referential to obvi- obviously to like you know Lord of the Rings where it's like relying on the popularity of that you know mm-hmm. just making lots of and um, yeah I don't know I, I got really bored with it after a little while and just turned it off but you know so I'm not entirely you know, who knows how good their Star Trek Four movie would have been <laughs> yeah I mean at this point like you know they they keep on pushing more and more into like action territory and my question is at this point. Why not bring like The Rock or Vin Diesel into Star Trek? Yeah, I mean, it could actually rule. And the The Rock was already in Voyager, fighting against Seven of Nine. Yeah, like you know, twenty five years ago. They can, yeah, they'll bring him back, and he can be the new captain. Dude, that, I would, I would totally watch <laughs> a Star Trek property with The Rock. Wouldn't yeah. everybody? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's a fine enough actor. He's got charisma for sure. That Black Adam movie, though, looks like it sucks. No, no, I won't watch that. But, 
you know, we don't do a blackout on podcasts, so fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> blackout on podcasts sounds terrible, too. Who would want yeah, that? that'd be funny. Maybe that would be that, you know, just another one of those, like, podcasts where they just watch it every day for an entire year. And... <laughs> yeah, that could work. Like, the worst <laughs> idea of all time. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> so, elsewhere in Trek News this week, the fifth season of Star Trek Discovery is finishing up production right now. And a first look was shared by Paramount Plus this week at uh, New York Comic Con. Mm. Showrunners <clears throat> My, uh, Michelle Paradise and Alex Kurtzman were in New York along with members of the cast and uh, stars Sonequa Martin-Green, who called in from the set in Toronto, to preview the changes in store for the show, which includes apparently a new tone and some new characters. Wowie zowie. Uh, while in New York, uh, executive producer Michelle Paradise talked to Entertainment Weekly about how, after saving the galaxy from an apocalypse yet again last season, the show is changing the tone for season five. Paradise said, We do have a bit of a tonal shift this season. We try to keep every season feeling fresh and new. Coming into this season, Alex and I talked about shifting the tone a little bit because there was a bit of heaviness in season three and particularly four with the DMA. Do you know what that? I watched it. I've they said DMA and 10C a million times, and I was like, "What is going on?" Like, I just kind of like, like I don't know. I just lost interest after a while, and I'd actually just finished like uh, finished watching um, season four of Discovery the other day, and it just and actually they have like a moment where uh, they, they did exactly what they uh, you just described that they were going to do in um, Star Trek uh, four, where they're going where they're going to pull someone's um, uh, transporter pattern out. Like they do that with a um, uh, book. Like he's in mid transport, but his ship. There's blows a character it. named Book. Yeah, there's a character named Book. Are yeah. they non-binary? No. Oh. Like uh, his uh, his name's Booker. I think. Oh, okay. I was and, gonna say because that's like a non-binary people like like me. <laughs> yeah. Choose the dumbest names like Sock. <laughs> like, like what? Well, he's a uh, he's Michael. He's a uh, Michael's uh, uh, lover boyfriend, mm. and um uh. Well, and they kind of had a contentious, a contentious, uh, uh, you know, relationship in this uh, this last season because, like, they both are working on separate for separate goals and against each other. Um, but uh, yeah, like he tra- he transport off transports off an exploding ship to not be destroyed by the DMA, whatever it is. <laughs> and, like, and um, but his transporter pattern is lost. But then, like, uh, the aliens pull it out of air, like. We knew this thing was important to you for some reason, so we decided to save his transporter pattern. So uh, here he is. So yeah, it just com- completely deflates the whole like uh, zero stakes. Zero stakes. Like oh, he's actually alive again. And I so hate that. And they—that's exactly what they did with fucking Picard at the end of Picard season one. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's dead, but no, he's actually just like data now basically but also he's yeah. programmed to die when he naturally dies i'm like <laughs> dude what are you saying yeah that's such a waste of a robot body like but the whole i mean it was a waste of a season of television yeah let's it put so... it let's put it in a hundred year old man who can die tomorrow yeah right. <laughs> like like we you know there's like uh there's children out there with like with leukemia, with leukemia. like no just let them <laughs> let them let nature do its thing yeah but then they're like this the thousand year old man who's like <laughs> Sad that he could never get laid because his mom committed yeah. suicide a century no, ago. No, no, no. Wait, I think this hundred-year-old man needs to get his dick wet one last time. Let's, he, let's make sure. He still has another trial to face where uh, he fucking saves the world again from, I guess, himself. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. We don't We don't even know. No. Um, so uh, Michelle Paradise continues saying, uh, 
So this is more of an action-adventure sort of season. There is a mystery. There's a quest and this mysterious power. It is a quest Ugh. that our heroes are on, and they do have a chance to go on quite a few adventures this season, which will be fun. Oh, it won't. No, like it's it it's a, it's what it's fun. They're like, oh, we're gonna have a tonal shift. Like every single season's exactly the same. They're just it spends an entire season building up some massive threat that ends and then up, it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make end. any sense. And it, and then like and then like uh, when you get to the end, like this thing that they've been hyping up for an entire season just it just feels completely unsatisfying. Like, the problem is, I feel like they write all of their seasons around a climax. And they, they do. Figure out, they figure they work out the backwards. climax and work backwards to the beginning to build up to that climax and the end to be like a two-episode resolution to the climax. And yeah. every time that I'm like, what? Like the last two episodes, especially on Discovery of each season, are like, what? Yeah. Especially the last two episodes of season two, uh, I was like, what the fuck are they <laughs> Trying oh, to yeah, say the, what the fuck are they doing? None of this makes the, sense. The time travel suit. Oh my god, no. Yeah, yeah. And it I was hated like, that. and she's like, "Oh wait, it's me." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, yeah, no." <laughs> um, but that's what it was. Um, yeah. Well, I, if they do do a t- tonal shift, like episodic television, like you know, just. Do like do 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 like a little standalone. Do the strange new world shit. Yeah, just take steal their formula. Who cares? It's yeah. a good formula. If you have like you know you could probably like they literally like I always feel they could fit the uh, season long um, story arc into yeah a two part episode. Like it, it would be a good two part episode, and I wouldn't have like fatigue listening to DMA and Ten C <laughs> spoken every five minutes. <laughs> so um. Wilson Cruz, who plays Dr. Colber on Discovery. Mm. The, yeah, Ricky. The Mushroom Man. Yeah. Came back to life. He's a mushroom zombie, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Told uh, Entertainment Weekly, this adventure is going to take the show to new places, saying, I think what's beautiful about this season is that it gives us another opportunity to come together as this team that we've developed, and everybody has to bring their A game in order to solve this mystery. And we get to travel a lot more through the galaxy. This, this is just word salad. And go places <laughs> we've never seen before. It's exciting. No, it makes sense in context. It's just like, he's just saying platitudes. He's like, yeah, so we're doing the space show again. And this time we're going to the stars in the spaceship <laughs> together as a team that we've been for the last several seasons together. It's just like it'll definitely be a show. (laughs) It it will be one of the sci-fi shows on television. (laughs) It's like, whoa! He said that. (laughs) Oh man, I gotta watch that. Well, you know, I I I was a little worried about this Star Trek uh, Discovery season five, but I'm feeling it now. You know, this might be controversial to say, but uh, the season will air. The season will air. Yes. And I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of chatter through like you know you know that's coming down the pipeline that it's going to take place in space. <laughs> wow, brave, and, brave, 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 and we're going to see a lot of aliens. <laughs> so, executive producer Rod Roddenberry asked Michelle Paradise about a moment during the new trailer that uh, appeared to show Captain Burnham on the top of the ship, which she confirmed saying that was an example of the kind of thing to expect in season five, responding, yes, that was Sinequa riding on top of a starship while it was at warp. 
What? Okay. And then she <laughs> said, she said sarcastically, it's a very low key season. Not much happens. There's no action or adventure except for that one moment. Mm. You know, maybe, you know, they, it does play, take place in like a thousand years in the future. So maybe they can no, ride they're, on. They're back in time again, right? Mm-mm, no. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they came back to the present or the. Mm-mm. No, they get. Oh, they get sent the, the they uh the alien the ten C aliens they they just take transport them back to Earth. They don't actually t- they don't take them back in you're, time. You're speaking a foreign language. <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched season four. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. They I don't... will unfortunately. They, oh, they're Unfor- unfortunately. Ugh. Unfortunately. Four Chan, unfortunately. <laughs> no, they they they're still in the same time, but um, but yeah, like, but Earth rejoins the Federation, mm-hmm. and uh, so they have that thing, and like um, uh, uh, the the Earth president is Stacey Abrams. Oh yeah, I heard that. <laughs> she's she's gonna lose her her she, race, yeah, like bad, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's all because it's I don't know, it's not, but. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be funny if it was because of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> it'd be funny if she blamed it on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. That would be funnier than anything, really. Everyone hates me because of that show. <laughs> that'd be funny if, like, Libs just started hating Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> they turn it. Yeah, that, that, that's what finally does it in. Um, yeah, now, the show seems to be suffering from both uh, decri- declining critical and audience ratings, Star Trek Discovery, that is. Uh, do you think they can pull it together? I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll, 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 de- I'll definitely watch it. Like, I definitely just watched uh, this whole last season, just like just having it kind of playing in the background. I think that's probably why I'm just like lost on DMA because like, but it just couldn't capture mm-hmm. my attention for the most part. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, not, we, we'll 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 watch it and review it on here, but it's yeah, it's, uh, probably not gladly. No, I mean, uh, especially now that they gave us like they're giving us like this like good uh, trick, yeah, like this nice steak dinner of like uh of a tr- of a uh, strange new worlds and uh and so, lower and so, decks. It's so strange, like new worlds. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, continue. You can leave through the window. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's very odd, uh, new worlds. <laughs> gotcha, you son of a bitch. Suck my dick. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> but it's, um, it's very weird new worlds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kill Lin- yourself. Lindley's own stop. <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> You're caught. This is your own personal hell. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's very peculiar new worlds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Comedy comes Gum. in force. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, so, um, I, had, I forgot my fucking <laughs> You lost your train of thought. <laughs> you said it was going to be weird, New Worlds, that... Oh, it's 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 um, peculiar to me that uh, the just gulf in terms of like quality and watchability between the Star Trek franchises. Yeah. Now, we have... We have five shows, two of which I'd say are very good. Yeah. One is a kid's show that's all right. Yeah. And then two, it seemed fine. And then two that are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they're all overseen by, like, a guy and a team. And, like, I'm like, what? I don't understand how they can be so different. 
I mean, I think it, a lot of it is just, they're just trying to, you know, diversify. Oh, you yeah. Know? They're, they're trying to get, like, diversify the audience. I think they did it in the wrong fucking order. Yeah. Like, they definitely should have done... Discovery, the first, was fine, but they should have mm-hmm. done, like, Discovery, Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And then some other stuff. Yeah, and, like, at Discovery, I feel, is, like, them trying to, like, do some very radical new things, I guess, maybe, mm-hmm. with Trek. Just, like, you know... Introduce- Which is fine and it's yeah. cool to like take in a different direction and like capture a new audience and a new generation because with strange new worlds i'm pretty sure they're not capturing a ton of new people it's more just like a lot of fan service and a lot of people like it mm. for very nostalgic reasons yeah but i don't think a lot of like you know 16 year olds are watching strange new worlds i don't th- maybe i don't know I, I i have no idea how the demographic yeah i mean out. yeah discovery definitely feels like it was written by like a like a twitter bot I mean, not a Twitter bot, a Tumblr bot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, if you just fed, like, an AI nothing but Tumblr posts, and then it just recreated, <laughs> then there's just, like, just, like, you know, I've got a new plot for you. And just, yeah. but that's what it is. But, you know, it's, it's you just, know, it's fine. Michael the- Burnham has three new genders this week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine-ish. Like, uh, there is some stuff that's, you know, kind of good. I do, I mean, I do like Ricky, and I like Paul, Paul, you know, Paul Stamets' character. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul Stamets is, Cool and yeah, and we got he, got, got he got sexually assaulted by Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's when fucked he up. was fourteen years old. Oof. Yeah, and like uh, has a what's his name? You know, uh, Saru. Saru's well, Tignataro's great. Tignataro, yeah, Tignataro there, is some great characters on there. It's just like yeah, Tignataro is like yeah, she's definitely one of the best characters. Like <laughs> she does have quips and she does come off as like the most competent member yeah. of the of their team <laughs> um basically every line they write for tilly uh like makes me open the gun uh, sorry open the gun open, open the gun drawer. oh yeah just open the gun open, open the a gun g- and pull out a drawer oh, 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 that has a gun inside <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a gun within a a bigger gun yeah just guns all the way down mm-hmm. Just, wouldn't it be great to have furniture shaped like guns? <laughs> what kind of psychopath would have that? That'd be amazing. That'd be sick. Yeah, it actually would. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think there's going to be a season six of Discovery? I mean, who knows? I mean, it could. I mean, I think there's there is a fan base for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people are watching it. So, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, have- I'm I'm watching it. Like I watch it. So, I mean, and we're also going to be watching. You know, Picard. So, <laughs> but. Yeah, we're actually feeding into it because we're doing like a watch after show that like encourages people to watch it and then listen yeah. to us. And we're going to be doing this for Discovery. You know, so, so we're part of this culture. We're part of the decline of this culture. But it's also like, you know, just don't take our word for it. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it's like, you that's, know. That's copyrighted <laughs> by, by PBS. <laughs> You're tr- you're, tr- uh, I, I just, you're I, trying to steal something from the government, Pat. I'm, I'm now I'm getting the government <laughs> that has the CIA that protects us worldwide I'm just, from all the bad things. I'm going to brown bring, people and socialist governments. I'm going to bring down like all the the uh, cutthroat PBS lawyers on us. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know they have those lawyers on retainer. Yeah, the ones in those those J.C. Penny suits. <laughs> That don't fit. We demand compensation in the zero dollars you made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the cool thing about like um, you know, being an artist like me is like mm-hmm. if anyone ever sues me for damages, I'm just like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, show me what money I made, idiot. <laughs> are, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Leave. We're taking your button maker. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, take it. <laughs> Um, 
So, in real news this week, oh boy, going to get into some politics here. A federal judge in West Virginia has invalidated part of a federal law that prohibits the possession of a firearm with altered, obliterated, or removed serial numbers. Mm. citing the Supreme Court's recent decision that demands a historical review of gun laws to determine their constitutionality. Hmm. Um, firearms with no serial number are just as bearable as the same firearm with a serial number, Judge Joseph Goodwin said in his opinion Wednesday, though he acknowledged that guns missing serial numbers, quote, are likely to be used in violent crime. <laughs> No shit. Yeah. Uh, Uh, The court's decision (laughs) is the latest to reflect how far reaching the Supreme Court has opened up uh, to new legal challenges to federal, state, and local gun laws. This summer, in an opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court said that a gun regulation had to be justified by demonstrating that the law is, quote, consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. Goodwin, a nominee of President Bill Clinton, thanks Bill, wrote that before the Supreme Court decided New York State and Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc. versus Bruen last summer, the provision of the law in question would be allowed. But Bruen and Thomas's new test changed the game, the judge said. Judge went on to say, any modern regulation that does not comport with the historical understanding of the right to be deemed unconstitutional, regardless of how desirable or important that regulation may be in our modern society, Goodwin wrote on Wednesday. So this is, um, this is, um, foolish. Yeah. And I think like obstinately so, like it's, it's just being a dickhead just to be a dickhead. And it's like constitutional originalist bullshit saying, well, the historical, back in history, they didn't have serial numbers. And it's, I mean. And, and plus, well, also, I think it's like, like, this is just like, you know, of course, like they acknowledge that, um, you know, guns without serial numbers are more likely to be used in violent crimes. Yeah. And, but, uh, but then he's like, but, uh, you know, we still got to look at, at history back mm-hmm. when guns were completely fucking different. Yeah, and but it, it just goes to show, like, with all their crowing about, like, you know, the need for law and order and and stuff like that. I mean, it's obviously, you know, they want they want that to happen so they can justify larger police budgets. <laughs> you know, it's like we have these we have these, you know, gu- guns used in violent crimes. And so it's, it's so so uh, it's such a problem. We need to take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> right and it's yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous that judge is a fucking idiot the supreme court mostly fucking idiots and, yeah and, and you know i mean we definitely need some sort of like you know it, it is interesting like yeah like you know there is all this like regulation that comes to like you know owning vehicles mm-hmm and but like we don't ad- apply any of that responsibility to gun ownership. None. And like we don't even have any sort of like mandatory what, training. Why? Why do we regulate vehicles so much? Why do we have so many laws for vehicles? Well, because they're dangerous. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But so the thing is, a vehicle is only dangerous if the driver or the conditions or many other factors are dangerous. Mm-hmm. A gun is only dangerous if the user or the mechanics or many other factors are dangerous. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, a gun is inherently good. Yeah. 
But I mean, I mean, it, it just goes to show that you know car accidents wouldn't happen if there was a good guy with a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you know if you, I think people, you know, if you want to have a gun, I think you should. Like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm yeah. pro gun. Yeah. I think this is a pro gun podcast. I'm, yeah. I am pro. I'm not pro Second Amendment. I'll say that yeah. I'm pro gun because or, guns not, are necessary. Not pro NRA. <laughs> yeah, I'm pro gun because the police have guns. Yeah. And as long as the police have guns and are basically a militarized force, the only way to ensure that you can somewhat protect yourself against them is by owning a gun. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't defend yourself against a gun with anything but a gun or better. And I do think there has to be like an inherent responsibility to learning to properly care. And... 100%. No, you should not be able to own a gun without a license that you have to get through some sort of education and certification mm -hmm. like i don't know a driving test <laughs> yeah you can't drive unless you take a driving test but you can shoot mm -hmm. regardless of if you can shoot or not yeah if you know how to use a gun or not then no one cares and mm -hmm. it's it's ridiculous yeah like it's it's crazy <laughs> to me that like you could just have a, a fucking gun it's like yeah, yeah, and people are like, yeah, but well, my grandpa gave me this gun. I'm like, yeah, your grandpa can give you a car that you're not allowed to drive <laughs> unless you get a fucking driver's license. Yeah. Unless someone from the state says, I watched you do this, and I know you can do it properly, mm -hmm. and I trust you to do this. <laughs> Whereas with a gun, all you have to do is have... Is, uh, have a, you know, a you can buy it online. You can yeah. buy the fucking thing online. Yeah, yeah. You can go to a gun show and they'll sell it to you even if you're like, yeah, I plan on doing a terrorism with this. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, it's oh yeah, I mean, if you have a heartbeat, you can get one. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, but it is funny, like, you know, in a, we are, you know, in a society that, that where we're, Con where we're con where the population is constantly just feeling like overstressed, mm -hmm. over anxious, mm -hmm. like con you know being you know being fed a lot of mis misinformation about other people and like and having like this this really intense like culture war that's really just fed by the, like the higher up people and mm -hmm. just like driving like this division between people and then also just feeding us a bunch of guns. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like like just and. and like huh i kind of wonder what what they're trying to do here right and then and then when something inevitably bad happens with guns which happens like every week yeah they're like uh well uh, we need to talk about mental health and then but not any sort of like way to actually fix the problem no and not not actually giving any sort of money or any sort mm -hmm. of material means mm -hmm. to ameliorating mental health for anybody and really but, mental health like 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 is a material issue. It is. And so and so when people are like, well, this is a mental health issue, then you say, well, then what are you doing to fund mental yeah. health? Yeah. Because mental health, much like health, any other health services, are a service that is provided and requires money and funding in order to provide. And, and you know, one of the biggest, like, uh, diagnoses people that's happening, you know, we, you know, that we get in this country right now is like general anxiety disorder. Genital anxiety, gen gen general anxiety. Are you sure? And, and and what and what feeds that? You know, like this. You know, you know what feeds anxiety? You know, just having like this feeling of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And what feeds the insecurity? You know, just like you know, 
will we make the make our house payments on time? Will we make rent on time? Will mm-hmm. we, well, like, am I going to get fired from my job? You know, it's just and pe- you know everyone just feels like spun out. Mm-hmm. We're constantly we're constantly fed like this. You know, constantly you know gaslit. Basically, you know, mm-hmm. we're told that our success is is solely based on your individual individual like success and uh but but we never seem to get anywhere and never seem to get ahead no. and it's like because it's I get, well i get head all the time <laughs> yeah you get head all the time yeah, but, but yeah. you know we're just that's because i removed my two lower ribs yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's depressed everyone's anxious <laughs> and yeah it's it's a material thing we're we're not we're not feeling fulfilled we're mm-hmm. and we're not feeling safe no and so what are we going to do we're going to have guns and we're going to blame other people for our yeah. problems <laughs> yeah so that judge can uh eat a gun for all yeah i mean he's he's i mean that's a thing like it like a lot of it does come to just and just to the sale of guns and making sure like yeah that that someone's making profit off of the stuff so right yeah it's like i mean no no like the nra i mean yeah they say they have like three million members but it's really just like all of the American gun manufacturers in a trench coat. Yeah, and it's and that's and, 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 yeah, and, and feeding that's the I, and feeding the idea that guns are going to be taken away, which they never will be. No, and, never ever. But like, it's a very good selling point, and so that's you know, and drives up gun sales. And we need you know, we need constantly need also need to they want us to feel unsafe. Yeah, and so like, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's basically the same people from Patriot Food Supply. Yeah. You know, selling the end of days shit through like Alex yeah. Jones and Infowars. Yeah, that we talked about on the last episode. I now realize. Yeah, so every uh, listen to our last episode to understand that reference. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, I mean, like happy people don't don't need to buy this stuff, mm-hmm. and so there's it's it's a it's a conscious effort to make us miserable. Absolutely, <laughs> and, so, and so we buy. We buy the food rations, we buy the guns, we buy the things, and yeah. I mean, capitalism really is just a hierarchy of misery. It is, yeah. And then just like little ways to, you know, little respites that they they give us, and mm-hmm. and they call that stuff like oh self care. Yeah. I'll take take a day off, and they don't mm-hmm. they don't ever mention to you that like your boss over your lifetime basically takes two thirds of your worth and yeah. you're left with a pittance, a third of your actual material output in your life. Yeah. And basically someone is stealing all of your time up until the point you're 65 years old when materially, if we actually like got what we put into our labor and worked 40 hours a week, we could all retire by like our mid forties. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. No. And, you know, and they just keep you in a cycle of misery and these, these little things to, and one of those things for a lot of people is shooting off a gun because it's just a little piece of primal violence (laughs) that they can have in their life. And, and it's, it's just so, it's abhorrent to them. Yeah. Someone suggests that they take away their little slice Mm -hmm. of of fucking respite from Mm -hmm. this terrible fucking anxiety ridden mental health nightmare of a capitalist hellscape. Yeah. Cause we're like, we're, yeah, it's the whole like uh, feeling disconnected from each other. Like, like we're so individualized, you know, everyone feels alone and we other each other mm-hmm. to where we feel other people aren't actually real, aren't actually humans. And it's fine to just shoot them up. And mm-hmm. so, so like there is no respect for human life because, you know, we're taught that, 
there, you know, there that that we're the only true person <laughs> that's that's real. Everyone yeah. else is is just like either just like a drain on society or just like or an enemy of some kind, and that mm-hmm. taking their life is totally justifiable mm-hmm. because well, it's and it's so much easier like when you're able to like otherize people so yeah. much, and you know that's so much of what like especially right wing media is pushing these days is yeah. like basically you're the only this whole self-reliance thing mm-hmm. this whole like end of days like you're gonna be the only one who can save yourself in the end of it's like no no you're 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 gone like you're yeah. gonna be the first to go because you're a fucking idiot mm-hmm. like if if you're dumb enough to like buy end of day supplies <laughs> you're gonna be the first to die like because i'm gonna like you know, people like me are gonna come to your house and kill you and take all your shit do you ever see that show uh doomsday preppers no, it's very interesting. Oh no, no, I, I, hmm. no, I saw, I saw the one about guys taking prep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't remember no, that one was called. No, yeah, Doomsday Preppers is interesting because, yeah, like, um, I kind of wonder how they, how they, uh, how they treated uh, the co- the uh, the initial COVID thing scare because a lot of it shows like a lot of them like why they build their um their compounds and everything else, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is like um. Uh, like a pandemic of some kind. So I wonder if they bugged out, but like, uh, yeah, like a lot of them, they spend their entire fortune building like small underground mm-hmm. um, living areas where they can like, like possibly live sustainably for an extended period of time. But yeah, it just seems very odd. <laughs> it's a little nutty, a little nutty, a little bit nutty. Speaking of a little bit nutty, uh, moving on in real mm-hmm. news this week. Elon Musk has asked the U.S. government to pick up the tab for his Starlink operation in Ukraine. Yeah. So, uh, so far, uh, according to this article, roughly 20,000 Starlink satellite units have been donated to Ukraine, with Musk tweeting on Friday that, uh, quote, the operation has cost SpaceX $80 million and will exceed $100 million by the end of the year. Uh, Musk recently tweeted a controversial peace plan that would have Ukraine give up Crimea and control over eastern uh, Luhansk and Donetsk regions, apparently after he talked with none other than Putin. Though Musk has received widespread acclaim and thanks for responding to requests for Starlink service to Ukraine right as the war was starting, in reality, the vast majority of the 20,000 terminals have received full or partial funding from outside sources, including the U.S. government, the U.K., and Poland, uh, according to the SpaceX letter to the Pentagon. So um, there were some interesting comments about this, some interesting analysis. Uh, One person wondered how it was possible for Starlink to expect to be profitable as a company at all, citing that if 20,000 users generate 80 to a hundred million dollars in cost over the course of one year. Um, that means each user has to generate $5,000 in payments just to break even $5,000 for the internet for one year. That equates to $420 a month. (laughs) Uh, and that's considerably higher than Starlink's current average of $110 a month in charges. Jesus Christ. Like one quarter of what it's supposedly worth or what they Mm -hmm. supposedly should be paying to not incur costs. 
Uh, it should also be noted that the U.S. government um, paid for the first round of Starlink 2, and SpaceX, SpaceX donated some equipment, but also had the U.S. government buy more than half of it as a contribution. Yeah. Except they had the U.S. government pay four times mm-hmm. the normal retail price per unit for that equipment. So they donated half. And they charge four times as much for the other half. Wow, what a deal! What a de- what a great <laughs> donation! They they only donated it for double the cost of retail. <laughs> God, yeah, this is what this is what we do with our money instead of actually like doing anything. Yeah, this is what your taxes go to. By yeah, the way. I know, but it's not 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 uh not the big boogeyman of like public education. It's mm-hmm. it's fucking like uh paying out Elon Musk to make something that doesn't work and it's obviously just a way for um the united states to do do uh evil shit <laughs> over yeah, in it, foreign countries i mean it's it's really it, all it is and all it's always been mm. is an upward transfer of wealth yeah it's it's just money going into elon musk's pocket yeah and quote-unquote statecraft in the very alan dola sense where oh yeah these it's just he's like oh well what's going to be best for my business and he goes and talks to fucking Putin yeah. and then has a great idea for a Ukraine peace plan? Yeah, this Based is... on what Putin said <laughs> and his business interests? I don't think that's yeah. in and anyone's our, best interest. And our and America's interest in Ukraine is also all yeah, all business and just oh, 100%. Mo- yeah, just money laundering. It's all energy companies and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and weapons and it's and... it's crazy that like yeah, it's like, yeah, they don't have a ton of oil, but they have so much fucking natural gas there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy that they have a, a resource that we're dependent on in some way. Yeah, Whoa. Well, it's a good thing we ended things in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, move on to the next one. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, this is all just bullshit. Like, I mean, all of our stuff is like, I mean, Ukraine is not that far from Afghanistan. No. It's not that far to move our equipment Mm-mm. right over there. Yeah. And Iraq, not that far away. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just an awful, awful scam. And yeah, just and anything to make this, this fucking freak show like richer. <laughs> yeah. Like Elon Musk is easily one of the most evil people in the world. And he is. He's not evil for like, he's not like out there actively. He's not like a Pol Pot character, you know, no. he's, he's not doing like a genocide or anything like that. He's just a piece of shit who is completely self-interested and because he is so self-interested, he is influencing the world unduly in a way that, A, makes crypto bros who are, you know, the worst people in our society. Um, I think he I think he probably just saw, like, what the United States was doing themselves and just jumped in. No, no. <laughs> he's ba- ba- no, piggybacked. Like, yeah, if, if he wasn't there, someone else would be doing what he's doing. Because, like, yeah. people are like, oh, he's such a good salesman and shit like that. I I don't understand it. Like he he's gotten very lucky, I think. Other than that, I watch the guy and I'm like this dude has zero charisma. Yeah. Like if he tried to sell me anything, <laughs> I'd be like you're weird, dude. No. <laughs> like he's weird. He's not he doesn't have a good salesman type personality at all. No. And yeah, I mean, you see like how he got his start where yeah, he was just, you know, oh, he's always been a grifter. He's and always just, been a grifter. He's and, completely dead behind the eyes. Yeah, like. and and this is just the Starlink thing. It's like something something uh 
that could have been interesting, but obviously is just like a thing that's made for the State Department. Right. To like, use. <laughs> it's something that's like useful and could be useful to the world if someone was interested in like, I don't know, actually making it for any reason other than enriching themselves. Yeah. And like maybe like, you know, doing this weird statecraft shit with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything more. Yep. That's how he makes his money, just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck, fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, but I guess that's all that's happening in the real world this week. With that, do you want to get into our classic episode this week? Hells yeah. All right, our random episode this week um, is going to be Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, season 2, episode 16, Shadow, Shadow Play. Play. Let's get into it. Now we're watching some space Now we're watching some space Now Deep Space Nine Season 2 Episode 16 Shadow Play. Uh, originally aired on February 20th, 1994. Mm. Written by Robert Hewitt Wolf, who wrote um, one episode of TNG, A Fistful of Datas. Hells yeah, episode rules. And 20 episodes of DS9, including Q-Less, The Ascent, hmm. The Way of the Warrior, Bar Association, one of my personal favorites, oh, yeah. and another personal favorite, Hard Time. Mm. Actually... Uh, the five episodes I just mentioned are all five of my personal favorites. I love, <laughs> I love all those episodes. He's a truly a legend. Um, yeah. So, uh, we... St- oh, I actually didn't get the director, but whatever. Um, he, he did a bunch of other stuff, too. So, mm. we start with a transport flying through space and a log from Jadzia Dax. Unfortunately, mm. not a log of her poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding. So we get a log from Jed's. You know, I bet if you, I bet if you, te- if you send an, a nice uh, letter to her, she would, to Terry Farrell, she'd send one. Hey, hey Terry Farrell, can I get a log of that poo poo? <laughs> <laughs> Just act like you're a doctor. It's like, hello, <laughs> dear doctor. Restraining order. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Jadzia Dax's science officer's log. Science officer's log, stardate 47603.3. Commander Sisko has assigned me to investigate an unusual particle field detected on the other side of the wormhole. Odo has come along to the Gamma Quadrant, hoping to find clues to his origin. On the runabout, Jadzia is telling Odo about the local gossip on DS9 about who's fucking who, and the only thing Odo takes out of it is a reason to reprimand an underling, which Dax takes issue with, <laughs> saying that she didn't, uh, the point of her story wasn't to get someone in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and Odo says he fails to see any point to the story except to highlight the foolish human preoccupation of getting fucked. Because <laughs> Odo is like, Odo's still in like, complete virgin territory he is he's so i mean the first like the the, the chad jadzia versus the virgin odo oh 100 <laughs> like, jadzia is chatted out the entire yeah. series yeah she's oh she's she's dtf from day one no 100 she's <laughs> like jadzia dax is a fuck boy mm-hmm. like that's the only thing she like really brought over from Curzon is total fuck boy energy oh yeah 
So Dax says the point is sometimes uh, we don't see true love, even when it's staring us right in the face. And uses an example as a Bolian woman who she thinks has a crush on Odo. Mm. Odo dismisses this, and Dax asks if he's ever had a friend. <laughs> he says he considers Major Kira a friend, but Dax says she means an intimate friend. <laughs> and you can taste her pussy getting wet right here. like <laughs> you can see it like flooding the fucking runabout here um, Odo's tongue's darting out like <laughs> pasting the air like a snake who <laughs> grows a pair of lips by <laughs> yeah. let me eat it um, mm-hmm. so um, Odo protests that this is a very personal question and Dax has a crazy good line and she says well after seven lifetimes the impersonal questions aren't much fun anymore Mm. damn Dax you rock I love you so much Dax (laughs) Uh, Dax and Odo investigate a particle field on a nearby planet and Dax detects Omicron particles Mm. just like the uh, fucking uh, (laughs) coronavirus you know what I'm saying oh yeah the Omicron variant yeah, also, Omicron, <laughs> far before that, was a grind band I was in. Hmm. It's available for listening on Spotify. Check out Omicron. Wasn't that also a Transformer? Uh, you're thinking of Unicron. No, yeah, Unicron. Unicron. Unicron was the one. And so it was weird because we had a band called Omicron, and we had a song called Unicron, <laughs> Eater of Worlds, that was about the Transformer who ate worlds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to remember. Was, was it a Transformers theme band, or are you just no, no? I was just <laughs> I was just smoking a lot of weed at the time. I oh. mean, I still do. Yeah, yeah. like oh, what but changed? I did at the time as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> Actually, I, oh man, I just I just rewrote a song called Unicron. It's the same exact one. <laughs> um, so. Uh, they detect the Omicron particles uh, that can only be created by a matter-antimatter reaction, isolated entirely in a small valley, uh, Sweet Valley High. <laughs> uh, these particles are, that was a very deep cut that you will not get unless you're a 90s kid or worse. They were part of the Babysitter's Club, right? No, I don't, were they Sweet Valley High? I don't it, know. It, was, it was a show on something oh, I was thinking sweet of those books valley, oh I've never seen that valley high. <laughs> uh, so these these particles the Omicron particles are very rare because we're mm. in a new variant now uh, and they appear to be interfering with other scans so the pair beams down to the planet once on the planet they find a small village and with their limited tricorder functions determine the source to be some sort of reactor at the center of the village Odo suggests that they leave, but Dax insists on scanning it in more detail and taking some more time. Odo then tells her to take all the time she wants, as they have been discovered by a man who's pointing a weapon directly at them. Dun, 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 dun. Opening credits, three minutes and 39 seconds. Pretty, pretty, pretty little cold open here. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Back on Deep Space Nine, on Deck 7, Section 5, also known as Quarks, Major Kira Norris enters and tells him she's keeping an eye on him because somebody has to be a motherfucking buzzkill while Odo's away. <laughs> yeah. And inasmuch, she just stopped his cousin Kono from smuggling 
stolen merchandise from a museum on Cardassia 5 onto the station. Quark says she's making it sound like she doesn't like him. And uh, she says that uh, he collaborated with the Kardashians and Kardashians. 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 And um, cheats his customers. And she just doesn't like him. Mm -hmm. She despises him. Which was pretty harsh, honestly. Yeah, pretty harsh. I mean, Quark is flawed, but he's a lovable little guy. Yeah, I love Quark. Like, yeah, he's... Quark, Quark, and the thing is, like, she likes Odo because Odo collaborated <laughs> with the Cardassians mm. and he's just a straight up fascist. Yeah. Whereas, like, Quark is like a shitty capitalist, but he's like lovable and funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, when it comes to like Quark he's a, he's versus Odo, scam. I will take Quark every day of the week. He's fun. Also, Quark gets it in. Oh, multiple times. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have you have probably some idea. You probably thought about it too while masturbating. So you probably have yeah. a simpler idea too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. We should talk about that after the show. <laughs> I'll give you some of my resources, you know. Oh, your fan fiction that you wrote, erotic fan fiction. Yeah. I mean, I wrote it in blood. But, you know. Wait a minute, this isn't blood, it's white. (laughs) It smells funny. There's blood in there, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting fact. Hmm. Um, uh, So, um, it is actually normal to come a little blood, but if you pee any blood, you should consult a doctor immediately. Yeah. It is actually more irregular to pee blood than it is cum blood. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Just like, well, what what would what would you say about um, uh, what's that one movie with Willem Dafoe? Necro, uh, necrophiliac. No, no, no. Um, uh, nymphomania. Nymphomania. No no no, 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 no. Uh, oh, I know it. The other Lars von Trier. Yeah. Antichrist. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He comes a lot of blood in that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he's like, hey. Uh, for this scene, let's not use the prosthetic. I uh, I've got a lot of blood. I've been saving. I heard. I heard like they they ended using a prosthetic because I guess they, because his penis was too big. Yeah, his penis was too big. Like Willem Dafoe is too fucking hung that they needed to use a smaller dick. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's why they call yeah. him William Hung. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that oh. doesn't deserve anything. <laughs> <sighs> Good for him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Elsewhere, Commander Cisco also talks to Jake about getting a job. He says that when he was 15, he got a job and that it builds character. Uh, he eventually talks Jake into becoming Chief Miles O'Brien's apprentice, saying it would look great on his entrance request to Starfleet Academy. However, Jake seems to do it because he has to rather than because he wants to. He's very uh, um so back on the planet, the man who captured Odo and Dax, Colius, is played by Kenneth Mars. Yeah, who's uh, uh, who's in uh, Young Frankenstein and The Producers. Oh, I thought that was the other guy, the older guy, uh, Rurigan. No, he's caught. They're initially caught by Kenneth Mars. No, Rurigan. No, they were they were originally caught by. Oh, Rurigan is the other guy. Yeah, Cloyus, you're right. Yeah, Cloyus yeah. is Kenneth Mars. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, Ken- okay. Because yeah, initially is- you said the old guy was Kenneth Mars. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, they're yeah. both old guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm talking the oldest guy in the village. Oh the no, well, who- the guy with the gun. 
yeah. is is Kenneth Mars. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's 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 very funny. Yes. Um. So, uh, uh, back on the planet, um. Kolyas interrogates Odo and Dax. They both insist they have committed no crime and had just arrived. Odo demonstrates their innocence by temporarily beaming himself back to the runabout, saying if they wanted to escape capture, they would have already. Which, it's weird that they didn't just leave already. Like, it's weird that they're sticking this out and being like, yeah, we'll be your prisoner and answer your questions. Yeah, I think they're... And it's also, like, potentially maybe breaking the prime directive. They're not quite sure. Yeah, like yeah, because like you're you're not in, they're not entirely sure if they're warp capable. But as I was telling you earlier, yeah. like they do have a something that has a matter antimatter reaction mm-hmm. to it. Which if you have that, there's almost no chance you don't have warp capabilities. Yeah, because that's like the I mean the thing that you know is the that causes warp. Mm-hmm. You just need something to control it, which is all that dilithium and trilithium do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 you could make you could make a case either way. Yeah. Either way, like by coming down there, no matter what, they have already broken the prime directive. Yeah. So they've already gone there with that. So whatever. Um. And plus, like, yeah, I guess not. And beaming off all the way shows that they're respecting their culture and their laws. That are being like, okay, well, we want to talk. We didn't do anything, but we still want to like prove to you that we're. We're here on good intentions. Right, right. Makes Starfleet look good, I guess. And, so. and also there still is the mystery to solve or the problem to solve with the... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the episode would be really boring if they were just like, well, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and just left the planet. The guy's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> um, so Cole Yes is fascinated by Odo beaming away, and uh, they eventually convince him that they did nothing, leaving Coilus disappointed because uh, the Starfleet officer... had officers had been the last possible suspects in 22 unsolved disappearances uh, occurring over a period of months since the last mm. fall. That is a problem that you have whenever you go traveling, like go to a small town and suddenly you're the prime suspect, prime suspect in a mat and this mass disappearance of people. I mean, that, that happens every time I even go to Tacoma. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nuts dude. Like, just mm. like, I'm sorry. I'm fucking covered in blood. <laughs> I was having a thing. Uh, there were occasionally. I'm just taking out my trash. Just <laughs> taking out my trash. It's garbage day. <laughs> uh, there are occasionally fights and petty thefts in the village, but kidnapping and murder are beyond anything that Coilus, who calls himself the protector, has ever mm-hmm. dealt with. He's the village protector and has mm-hmm. been for like 20 years. Uh, he says who's. Whoever is behind this is much smarter than he is, and he's starting to get desperate. Odo says that what maybe he needs is a little help and offers his assistance as a co-investigator. Which is which is exactly something uh, someone that's guilty would say. True. I get in on the get on the solving the real crime, steal the real murder. It's just like the show Hannibal. You ever watch that? Oh yeah, yeah. Just like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With. Except without the gay tension. <laughs> Lots of gay tension in that show. Very good. I love the gay tension in that yeah. show. Super gay. This is one of my favorite lines in a, in a show where it's just like, sometimes I push a teacup on the ground on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Hannibal, like letting people into his dark, twisted mind. It's like, I act like a cat. <laughs> I act like, like a cat. <laughs> it's like a disaffected cat. Uh, 
that's that you know, that look how crazy I am. I break a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> so the first person Dax and Odo talk to as investigators is Rurigan, the elder of the village. Mm-hmm. Coilus convinces Rurigan they had nothing to do with the disappearances. Rurigan tells them that his daughter was the latest victim to disappear. After Dax scans for EM traces and detects nothing, Odo talks to Taya, Rurigan's granddaughter. Mm. Um, and daughter of the, the missing lady, Rurigan's mm. daughter. Um, Taya, uh, who is playing with a big top, asks if she has to talk to Odo and shies away from Odo and won't talk to him, saying her mother hasn't disappeared. She believes her mother will eventually come back. Odo asks if her mother seemed worried before she left. She asks her grandfather when her mom is coming home, and Rurigan says the questions from Odo can wait until morning. Takes her away to go to bed. (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) He's going to tuck her in real tight. Tuck her in Carlson. And read her a bedtime story. If you know what I mean. (laughs) And the FBI is going to find his hard drive full of bedtime stories. (laughs) Uh, So, um, on the station, Commander Sisko sends Jake off on his first day on the job with O'Brien, giving him a comm badge, which Jake is super stoked about, saying it's standard equipment for all station personnel. Also, uh, Jake's jumpsuit here is really cool, but it's a lot looser than it usually is, as mm-hmm. you pointed out. Yeah. And uh, then it zooms in on Commander Zisco as a proud as hell dad. And um, so I want to go back to this uh, loose as hell jumpsuit, because <laughs> you pointed this out, and I think this is a great conversation to be had. Um, around season two at some point, like, Sierra Lifton has, like, a lot looser jumpsuits, and then later in the series, his jumpsuits get tighter again. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what, what was your theory on this? Well, I mean, like... Because I was like, well, maybe it was like growth spurts, because he's like, you know, like yeah. 14, 15, maybe 16 here. He's obviously a growing kid, and so if they costume him in something that's like super tight... He's like, going to grow he, out of it. Yeah, if he grows in a week or two and they have to reshoot something, it's just not going to fit, so it's, yeah. it's not practical. But what what did you think? I mean, I was saying, like, I remember being 14. <laughs> you remember being 14. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, popping boners. <laughs> like popping boners. Every, you know, for nothing. For nothing. For nothing, just all the time. I mean, I still pop boners for nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's less frequent than it used mm-hmm. to be. But, and a lot of times <laughs> it's like for something. Like, I'll, I'll think about, like... Major Kira on mm-hmm. the bus, and I'm just like, <laughs> so I have to flex my thighs a bunch so I can stand up and get off the bus. And I miss like four stops because I can't stop thinking about Dax. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stand up and reveal my fucking enormous boner to the fucking bus <laughs> and potentially be, you know, have the police called on me or mental health services. I mean, that that that's my because I mean, I'm that because like. It could imagine how embarrassing like a what like those tight jumpsuits are for like a fourteen year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you think, pretty embarrassing. Sierra Lofton's hanging dog. I mean, I can only assume. Yeah. I mean he's just like a skinny dude. And yeah. Yeah, you know. The, you know what they say about skinny dudes who are always wearing jumpsuits. <laughs> exactly. I don't. <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> Please tell me. Please tell me. No. I mean, uh, I can, but uh, that's, that's my theory, but yeah, I mean, but also like, yeah, him growing out of it. Cause also very equally. 
Because, I mean, you figure they could have, like, an... Uh, so here's here's my idea. Something that's never really been discussed in the mainstream, and I think it really should be, is um, uh, a boner girdle. Mm. So a thing that... Like, I mean, they do sell things like that, just like those little cages. No, that's a cock cage. Yeah. That's a very different thing than a boner girdle. Oh, yes. I'm oh, talking so. about, like... Basically, like underwear that just straps your dick up, kind of into like you know into a, a resting boner position, mm. right? Um, and so, like you know, it's not hanging down; it's like always hanging up. So, if you do happen to get hard, it's kind of just always there, and that shape is always there, so no one's gonna notice anything out of the way. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's you, very good. You know, you... I took it on Shark Tank, and <laughs> Mark Cuban is like, "So, uh, what sets your boner?" Boner girdle apart from uh, other products in the industry. Brett, I watched that episode. Mark Cuban said, I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was an episode of Cops, not Shark Tank, all right? Yeah. Was... Well, it was Shark Tank and quickly became an episode of Cops. <laughs> just... That was to catch a predator, Britain. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, they were just like, this guy started so, to sell uh, us a fucking so, boner girdle. So, so you kids ever heard of a boner girdle? You're growing boys, like what, 14 or 15? I get it. I've watched DS9. You're getting bonus. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, you're just getting your head slammed on a cop car. <laughs> it's like, take, take this freak away. That wasn't Mark Cuban. That was a Cuban kid named Mark. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Major Kira talks to Dr. Julian Bashir about spying on Quark. And I'm, I'm always sad that these two never really got together. They're uh they they look great together. I mean, they did in real life. Yeah, I know they yeah. they had a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they have a kid. Yeah, but like, yeah, it makes sense. Like he was such a Lothario, like, he, but he never targeted Kira. I know, right? But they they kind of look like each other, and they obviously like belong together, and obviously they did in real life. It's like yeah. they have they have better chemistry together. Than Kira does with any of her boyfriends in the series. Oh yeah, any of her boyfriends. Yeah, I mean her boyfriends suck. Like all of them. Like as we, as we Odo, as we'll get to, like yeah, I mean Barile, the walking Ambien, <laughs> like he's just he fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah, I mean yeah, you you he Bashir never was just like damn, mm-hmm. you're deep space fine. Yeah, right. Which is like, <laughs> dude, you got a like a genetically modified dick. Come on, just lay it in her. Yeah, Later dinner. like just suggest it. Like he's he's a hot dude. And they, they hot I mean, dude. and they and they actually like did uh you know Brian and Kira, right, right, yeah. <laughs> which is which weird. is a very weird episode. It is, and I was just, it's like ooh, but uh, so um, Major Kira is talking to Bashir about Quark. Uh, she wants to make sure Quark isn't up to something while Odo is away. Uh, Bashir is happy to help her spy on him since Garrick has been teaching him surveillance techniques, uh, likely hiding in plain view, uh, exactly how he's been spying on, um, probably exactly how he's been spying on Julian when he's in the sonic shower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just then Kira. I'm sure there's little cameras everywhere. Oh yeah. He's just, he's just like, "Mm, yes. He just like pours himself a little bit of a little wine <laughs> swirls it a little bit of canar you know just like and just sips it while so you watch my videos then <laughs> dear doctor i watch all of your videos <laughs> even the shower videos dear doctor especially especially, especially the toilet <laughs> videos. You, you ever heard of a, a rock and roll musician <laughs> named chuck berry from earth uh <laughs> 
very much in the style of a Chuck <laughs> Berry video. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great if, like, in the future, you search up Chuck Berry video and, like, none of his music videos exist at all anymore and it's just all him farting in a prostitute's face. <laughs> and according to... Um, it's a future. Uh, uh, what, oh, shit, what's that book called? It's, like, a, one guy who worked at Hustler. Like, he talks about, like, um, when they when a Hustler procured a lot of they just found a whole bunch of the videos in a in a dumpster outside of his one of his restaurants that rules and yeah it was just him um yeah i probably shouldn't talk about it's pretty gross (laughs) it's like talk about it (laughs) well it's just him eating you know poop (laughs) yes eating the poopoo eating the poopoo yeah and uh yeah like well what what was that did uh did he smile did prisoner of x that's the dance name of the book it's a really good book Mm. It's about like one of the editors at Hustler and writing his memoirs. It's really good. Did uh did did Chuck Berry have a smile uh, while he did it? Yes, did, yeah. Did he, he said, have... he said he, the guy in the book. Oh, he says so... like he had a shit eating. Damn ring. it! No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorry. Good, good man. He, he made already... he made the joke. <laughs> <sighs> just then, Kira is informed by Cisco that Vedic Burial ship has just docked for an unannounced visit to the station. She seems surprised and maybe. <laughs> just a little bit just a little uh, so Kira goes and meets Burial and she says if she knew he was coming they could have given him a more formal reception something that he says he was avoiding mm. uh, he says he was invited by Pilar Ritt to speak at the station shrine but admits he'd been looking for an opportunity to see Kira in the least subtle move I've ever seen that Kira still doesn't get Saying she's honored. Yeah. Uh, he says he was hoping she'd be more happy to see him, like <laughs> banana in your pocket kind of happy. <laughs> and the way he's talking is just is completely monotone. I hate the way he talks. Yeah. Like, the way he talks, he's like, I talk like this. Everything is very mm-hmm. even keeled and very even tempered. Yeah. I don't have passion about anything. He definitely comes off as... Um, as just a himbo type guy, he does kind of kind of, but he's not even like hot like no. himbo. He doesn't. He's kind no. of like an uglier John Ham yeah. in a way. And I got a lot, you know. It's like he is kind of like uh, John but Ham's he, character in Thirty Rock, just like the. <laughs> he's yeah, but he, yeah, he has no charisma whatsoever. No, he's just a fucking wet blanket, man. Yeah, he, he's he's yeah. Like I, you kind of wonder what Kira because Kira is just like she is very just like. You know, full of life. She's. You know what it is. Mm. She knows who's a bottom, and she can't. Uh, she can't find an exciting bottom. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I guess she probably just doesn't like power bottoms. She likes bitch bottoms, and mm. so she goes after like guys who will just like sit there and take it. Mm. And Burial will definitely just like get on his stomach and take it. I mean, Burial is like, yeah, he's he is like a foot taller than her, so he's yeah. he's, he's 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 hardy built. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, she's got something else that's at least a foot long that can make up the difference in height. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I know what, you know what I'm saying. saying. She pegs him. She fucking pegs Bryle's asshole. She pegs him hard in the fucking asshole, dude. Um, so continuing his investi- investigation the following day, Odo tries talking to Taya again. She seems uncomfortable discussing the subject of her mother's disappearance 
Asking instead what happened to Odo's face, which is pretty funny. <laughs> What's wrong with your face? It's all fucked up. Um, he <laughs> explains that he is a shapeshifter, which she immediately understands by the term changeling. So obviously, you know, they've had some contact with the Dominion or changelings mm-hmm. at some point. Um, Taya maintains, though, that changelings are make-believe, but speaks wistfully about being one. Uh, and I, I'm wondering, because um, there was that, in season one of fucking um, uh, Lower Decks, uh, the guy who's a conspiracy theorist who says um, Wolf 359 was an inside job also says changelings aren't real. And I'm wondering if that was actually mm. a reference to this. And if it was, bravo, because that is a deep <laughs> reference. Well, that's the thing, like, uh, you know, they, they it's more of a, like, um, oh, a boogeyman type character mm-hmm. for hers. Cause like they were, you know, right. Ra- you know, they're raised in, you know, around the dominion. Mm-hmm. And so makes sense. Like their stories of the, of the changelings or right. Or in their lore in their lore, but she's obviously never or in their met data one. lore. Taya <laughs> <laughs> concludes that everyone would want to be her friend if she were a changeling. And Odo assures her it's really not that easy. With the uncharacteristic opening up in detail, Odo shares his experience from his early years after he was discovered floating in space, when people befriended him just so they could see him change into various items. What do you think they made him change into? Uh, dildos and butt plugs. I mean, <laughs> and a, fleshlights. A butt plug is kind of a dildo, isn't it? Yeah. But ones, one, you know, but they have, and and really, a flashlight is really just a reverse dildo. <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, I'm sure he was probably both. Yeah, like like a dildo times negative one mm. equals flashlight. <laughs> Mathematically, yeah, I'm sure he was just like forming all sorts of stuff. But who knows? I mean, uh, I mean, he does say like, I mean, you do. I mean, later we do meet like the guy who kind of like trained him. You know, in that one episode, he turns out to be like a psycho. <laughs> gape, gape trainer? <coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess there is no limit to how far Odo could gape. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> these are the things that we really want to see. We want to see how far, how far can uh, Odo feasibly gape? <laughs> Can can someone just like walk in like they're walking through a door? <laughs> just, come on in, plenty of room. And just like there's like a clown car of people just going in. This computer archway. That's not the archway. <laughs> no, no, that's not the. You're arch. not leaving the holodeck. You're entering Odo. <laughs> <laughs> Taya offers that while others may have been afraid of him, she's not afraid, revealing the beginnings of a friendship. Aww. Please, God, not an intimate friendship. <laughs> not that, Odo. God, no. no Don't no. do it, Odo! <laughs> um, also, with Odo, he's like hundreds of years old, so like him having a relationship with anybody's inappropriate, right? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of, I mean, we do, do we know his exact age? He doesn't know his exact age. Yeah. And like, yeah, because I mean, because he doesn't really have parents, right? He was just like part of the, like, yeah. the, the great link that like just mm-hmm. emerged, right? I think. 
I'm not sure exactly how changelings work if they actually have like parent sets and stuff like that and they reproduce. I think they're more like asexual reproduction as a Yeah, it could be something where they just like meet in the link and squeeze out another little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Plus like, yeah, I mean, and it does seem like a lot of them are created cuz like yeah, that's what the founders were doing, like they were just like creating uh, you know, changelings and then sending them out into deep space and and like to populate, get information on other species. Seems like a good plan. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty effective plan. Oh, yeah. Inquiring about Odo's parents, uh, he tells Taya that he never knew them. And Taya then brings up her own parents. <clears throat> she says that her father died when she was four, and she doesn't remember him very well. And that the last time she saw her mother, she was in her workroom making a vase for the village's baker, Mr. Depnin who likes her mom and always saves them the best loaf of green bread. And I'm sure that her mom always saves the best gape for him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. We all know Odo is the best gape. I mean, with Odo, like what are there? Like no one can compare. Like he shouldn't even be included in gape competitions. So do you ever watch porn and they have, they have the gape gloves. Have you ever seen this? And they're actually branded. I feel like I shouldn't admit that I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is a trick. Gotcha. I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck. You do now. (laughs) Gotcha. No, I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm always like, who made those? There's like some poor like Filipino guy like screen printing on gape gloves under. I always thought like I I mean that's the thing like those those gloves they're just like the textured gloves that you kind of get in like a lot of different jobs yeah but they're screen printed and they actually say gape gloves oh (laughs) yeah which i'm like they say gape gloves on them which is why i'm not talking about when they have gloves and they're doing a gape i'm talking about like the the gloves with the textured stuff yeah and and they actually say gape gloves on oh i don't think i've seen they have branded i don't don't think i've seen the uh the branded gape gloves I'll uh I'll show you some video <laughs> evidence later if you want. I feel it's just like oh of course I know. Oh, uh, uh, no what is those? I'll show you gloves? some. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think yeah that, that you mentioned. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, sure, sure you don't. <laughs> so uh, when she went to uh, get her mom for her midday meal, Taya continues. Her mother had vanished. Mm. Probing further. Hopefully not into the child. Odo <laughs> asks how her mother was acting or whether she had been on a trip or vacation. Ty replies with confusion that no, no one has ever left the valley since everything they need is right there. Odo seems intrigued. And there's in- there's tons of beads, loose clothing. <laughs> like they don't need anything else. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we've we've got all these like slightly tie-dyed cloaks and uh <laughs> And, and beads with the hat beads. Yeah, hat beads. Lots like, hat what, what, beads. what else could you possibly need or, or want? Yeah. <laughs> we also have a, I have this big top to play with. That's my toy. <laughs> yeah. That's my one toy. Like, went to get see the top go around again. No. Oh, wow. It's doing it. It did it last time, too. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Yep. Man. Everything I could ever want is right here. Gosh. I wish I had a man that could turn into a top. <laughs> Uh, Odo seems intrigued, and when Taya morosely asks if her mother is ever coming back, Odo assures her warmly, I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to find her and bring her back to you. <laughs> um, so, back on the station, 
Jake is having trouble identifying isolinear rods with O'Brien at the table in the replimat. <laughs> the white ones contain information relating to the engineering system's controls. The red-labeled ones are for library and information storage, and the blue ones are... And Jake doesn't know. And he continues to be baffled. They're blue shoes, Jake. And you shouldn't <laughs> take them because then you're going to have to have like a fucking huge jumpsuit, dog. You're going to need... You're going to need the hyper girdle. (laughs) Shatner brand. (laughs) Shatner boner girdle. Um, So. And and I also love all the scenes where O'Brien talks, does the techno babble because he's the only one that says techno babble and sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, because he sounds like passionate about it. And it, Mm. well, not passionate, but like he knows it super well. Yeah. Like he's actually like looked at this and be like, and actually come up with an idea in his head of what this makes sense to be. Yes. Yeah. You know? And even though it's completely imaginary thing that does not exist, he yeah. and like, you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's like such a good engineer that he can explain things in layman's terms, mm-hmm. which is what you're able to do when you're good at your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Jordy is like, Oh, it's the exothermal dilither rake Sean's. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> Because he's just a fucking nerd who's caught up in his own shit and Mm. can't explain things and be like, okay, so the thing that feeds the the dilithium reaction is malfunctioning. You know, actually, like, you know, giving a reasonable explanation. Yeah, and and, and he's breaking it down for us to understand because I ain't no science guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bill Nye, the science guy. (laughs) Um, The chief, uh, Chief Real Brian, sees Jake as... um, not getting it, and reassures him he didn't even get the stuff until one year after he was in Starfleet, drawing a long sigh from Jake. <laughs> Jake explains that he didn't, he doesn't want to go to Starfleet Academy, but he can't tell his dad that. Um, understanding Jake's quandary, O'Brien shares how he had almost become a musician like his dad wanted. Mm. He'd apparently been a good cello player, and his father went so far as to send a recorded audition to the El. Albanian Music Academy. <clears throat> two days before, and he got in, he got accepted as a cello player. So two days before he was set to depart for music school, O'Brien listed in Starfleet. However, as O'Brien explains, his father eventually came around and is even proud to introduce him as his son, Senior Chief Specialist Miles Edward O'Brien. <laughs> and he says, if your father is anything like mine... He'll understand. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, it's weird that Jake would, like, have any hangups about this because, like, Ben Sisko has always been the best father. Yeah. Like, inarguably, I think, mm-hmm. in, the, in the series, he is, like, just the best father. Yeah. He's understanding. He's kind. He's warm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing bad about him. And he always, yeah, he always comes to everything with understanding. Mm-hmm. And so Jake has no reason to believe his dad would be like, no Starfleet? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And, like, he, yeah, he, and plus, like, with infinite possibilities available to them in this future, mm-hmm. like anything he does, like, would be would be fine. I mean, I get. I mean, and, and he doesn't seem like he. Yeah, like it's not like he's like Cisco oh. is a dyed in the wool. Like, I need to have. You know, I need the. We need to continue the Starfleet. Right, because his father wasn't in Starfleet. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Like, it's, so it's a, yeah, it's not yeah. like it's a tr- it's like a family tradition. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's not like Jake's like I want to join the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> like come on. Uh, 
Also, also, do you wonder if uh, if um, uh, O'Brien's dad was bragging about him when he was just the transporter chief on <laughs> on the Enterprise? Absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, oh, this guy. Yeah, he pushes a button. People yeah. disappear. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does he does uh he runs the system that uh people can run with their com badges <laughs> from away from the ship the um, he could have been a musician <laughs> he, he could have been the next yo-yo ma <laughs> uh so elsewhere on the station Brile and kira exit the shrine arguing about the merits of vedic speech uh, she tells him his interpretation of the eighth prophecy is fucking dog shit and she's not afraid to tell him about it <laughs> He does this thing. He's like, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Which is like. But also at first he calls himself a genius. Right. He's it, it, like, actually, I think it's actually a, a, what a cool genius would say. Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> she says something like the way you take a interpretation and like uh, skew it from the accepted interpretation is just so. And he's like, genius. And I'm mm-hmm. like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, fucking asshole. So he suggests they change the subject, which is like, no, I've never in the middle of a conversation had someone go, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. (laughs) Maybe we should talk about this. Nope. How about this? Mm -hmm. And he does that. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? It's so weird. You know, he doesn't care about, you know, religious dogma. He just cares about getting it in. No, he doesn't even care about Kevin Smith's dogma. <laughs> Which is like, that's a pretty decent film, guy. <laughs> pretty funny. Um, so um after suggesting a lot of terrible subjects like crop yields, yeah. And shit like that, I'm like, dude, no one wants that. He he says he follows spring ball religiously. Uh forgive the pun. And they both leave to engage in a match uh, using the hologram program that Kira had O'Brien create for her. Mm. Back in the Yuridan Valley settlement, the investigation continues. Odo interrogates Ruragan, and he reveals he helped found the colony, and he's the oldest one there. Mm. Odo asks him why he seems unconcerned despite his daughter being among the missing. The old man responds that there's nothing he can do about it. Uru points out that he can see in his eyes that he's in a great deal of pain, which is a weird thing for him to say. And also, like, Uru's mm-hmm. never been, like, perceptive about people's emotions and shit. Yeah, so, like, like even, like, the beginning scene was establishing that he's not perceptive of emotions. Or, 100%, yeah. Or, and, and, and doesn't care. More and, yeah, so. doesn't care, and, yeah, it's completely irrelevant to him. And... But then we, yeah, then when we get down there, he's suddenly like, and he's also, yeah, really good talking with uh, Taya. He's like, mm. like, you wouldn't think that he'd be so good talking with kids. Like, I know. It's super weird. He's, he it. instantly, he instantly is able to connect with this child and he seems like the last person right. that would connect with a kid. Like he never spends <laughs> any time around kids on DS9 at all. Ever. No, I mean the mo like the only kids he deals with are, yeah, Jake and Nog. And he doesn't. And they're teenagers. He doesn't deal with them, though. I, I mean, he does. He, he he harasses them for very, hanging yeah. hanging on the promenade. That, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all he does. Though. Yeah. He just, it, he's <laughs> like, ah, rouse rouse Yeah. It's like, yeah. And of course, that one time that Naga was fucking with his uh his bucket. Oh yeah. Drop dropping loads into Odo. Nog filled it with like uh oatmeal or something, and. Yeah, just and then like spilled it all over him. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, 
uh, Rurigan states that he's dying. It's just, well, I'm dying. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh, but he says he's had a good life and only wishes he I could. definitely got the cancer doing like the doing the uh, the room delivery oh, yeah. of the woman. Th- oh, yeah. <laughs> the mom I got the breast. Well, I went to the doctor. <laughs> I've got the breast cancer. <laughs> what? I'm going to die, mom. You're not going to die. <laughs> so funny. Um, so he, he says he's dying, but he's had a good life and only wishes he could have seen his daughter one more time. It's weird to me that Odo doesn't offer him any sort of Starfleet medical assistance. No. Nope. And he doesn't say how he's dying or anything. He's just dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's dying, guy. You're just an old guy, but like. Yeah, they don't offer why? to even like do a, like a scan on him. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, then him, again, the scans aren't working like right now. Yeah, right? because of the, yeah, because of the, the energy field and stuff. But still, yeah. he could be like, let me transport you up to our, our, our fucking runabout mm-hmm. where we have medical technology that might be able to cure whatever you have. Yeah. But no. So Odo presses Rurigan, asking him specifically why no one leaves the village, not even to look for the missing villagers. <laughs> Rurigan only insists cryptically that people don't like to travel because there's no place to go. Mm-hmm. And that he's certain, absolutely certain, there are no missing people outside of the village. There's no there's no hat beads out there. I swear there isn't. <laughs> only anal beads. <laughs> only, only anal beads. Only anal beads in the bushes that I use when I do rough trade <laughs> with the gay men of the village who pretend they're straight and have wives. <laughs> but I know their secrets. Uh, Ty is Ty's uh, father? Not dead. Just hiding in the bushes for the last 10 years. He's been stuck on one of the naturally growing anal beads. <laughs> we haven't been able to refree him. We call I, this one the anal cactus. <laughs> I bring him a sandwich from now again, now and again. He's trapped out there on his own. Unfortunately, it's a tie-dye sandwich. Not very nutritious. Not made with the precious green bread. Only the tie-dye bread. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Dax, Odo, and Taya climb a hillside outside the village with the little girl telling them a story of a foolish changeling who turns into a loaf of green bread and is eaten. Odo guesses the end of the story and uh, Taya dares him to turn into a loaf of green bread. Odo tells her he won't let her gobble him up in what is actually kind of a fun little banter between them, but it's like super mm-hmm. uncharacteristic of Odo. It is very uncharacteristic of Odo. Like, he's like being playful with a child, and I'm like, no, Odo. Don't yeah. do that. This is cute, but you're a fascist cop. <laughs> yeah, who, who has been shown just to yell at Jake and Nog <laughs> whenever, mm-hmm. whenever he's given an excuse to. Yeah. It's like... He's not doesn't he's historically not good with kids, but he's, but he's historically not good with people. Yeah, we yeah, have people in general, but he's able to just like you know he does you know he's able to like really just come out you know this you know he's, he is be himself be be goofy. I guess so. So as they continue to get further from the village, Taya shows them a tree where she and her friends go out and play sometimes. And I'm like a tree. <laughs> I mean, they live a very sad life. They do. <laughs> like this is my favorite toy. That's a tree. <laughs> That's a tree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These are my friends. Those are rocks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Odo tells her to wait there while she, uh, while he takes Dax further out. As they continue walking, the scanner vanishes out of their hands. When Taya starts moving towards them, Odo tells her to stop, but she tries to hand some them some berries, and the end of her arm and the berries disappear. It reappears when she pulls it back to her. Now, 
the nature of the village in the valley is clear to Dax and Odo. Mm. So they return to the center of the city and bring Coilus to the reactor in the middle of the city. Dax explains she knows what happened to the people who disappeared. After being able to use a console to make her uh, his favorite cloak disappear and then reappear, and he's like, that was my favorite cloak! <laughs> uh, she explains the situation to him. It's not a reactor. It's a motherfucking hollow generator. Say what? Uh, it created an Omicron field and manipulates it to create matter. Everything in this village, his cloak, and the people are made out of these particles. The component that controls the field is breaking down, and the people are subsequently being lost. Coilus can't believe, uh, can't believe it, and he says he's sure that he's not a holographic projection. <laughs> Odo explains what happened to Taya's arm. Coilus insists he needs more proof before he believes this, and uh, that he and his loved ones are holograms. To prove it, Odo and Dax agree to take everyone interested to the edge of the valley to disappear part of themselves. Um, back on the station, Vedic Barail and Kira are enjoying dinner together after their spring ball match. Yeah, during eating which, some chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm, during which Kira was victorious. She says she played with her brothers back in the Shingha refugee camp. Um, I hope a reference to the um, Thai beer Singha. Mm-hmm. Um, and Burial kills the mood by saying he was at Reliketh, which is just be like, oh, that's what concentration camp you were at? Well, yeah. and like there, it fucking kills the mood. Uh, then suddenly somehow she gets up to like clean the plates and their conversation turns intimate as they begin to acknowledge their attraction to one another. Soon they are kissing and goddamn does Kira have the worst taste in men of all time. Yeah. Just he is a, he's... He's an action figure man. He has no personality. <laughs> He's he cannot hold a conversation. They no. don't agree with each other on things, on religion, mm-hmm. which is like, what is she doing? <laughs> um so Braille mentions while they're making out. Because he's a fucking idiot, and mm-hmm. he can't just, like, make out with her and get that ass. Yeah. He's like, he, he like, he's like, kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, by the way, um, he mentions that uh, how Pilar Ritt, the man who invited him to the station, considers himself something of a Dabo player, and has a sizable gan- gambling debt to Quark, who she calls the little troll who runs the Dabo tables. <laughs> In a true display of absolute space racism. Yeah. <laughs> like, a little troll? Really? Yeah, that's that's extreme. It's very bad. Uh, she suddenly bolts for the door, leaving Burial confused and with Burial, Bajoran blue balls. Uh, Kira, however, is convinced she knows the real reason why Burial was invited to the station. Back on the planet with Dax and Odo, the villagers are gathered together after seeing the vanishing effects at the edge of the field. Back in the village square, many believe it was a trick. Coilus says it is because they were programmed not to want to leave. He says the only alternative to having everyone disappear one at a time is to let Dax turn off the entire machine and fix it. However, if she can't, the whole village will cease to exist. Oh, shit. Kind of high stakes for them, I guess. Yeah. At the suggestion and guidance of Rurigan, they agree to let Dax shut it off. Right before they disappear, though, Taya tells Odo his face isn't so scary 
once you get used to it. <laughs> Very backhanded compliment, but yeah. okay. It's not as bad as... An you know what? You're not as ugly as I first thought. Cool, yeah. thanks. Yeah, it's like, you know what? You're, <laughs> you're not fucking hideous. You're just not scary to me. <laughs> All right? Other people, though. Ooh, woof. Woof. Um, so once the field is dis- disabled, the people, the buildings, and everything disappears. Everything, that is, except for Ruragan and his clothes, which is interesting. Yeah, that'd be funny yeah, if he was just going staying there Naked. completely nude. Yeah, and he's like, and yeah, it's just Dong is fucking hanging out. I have no shame. It's the way God made me. Giant prolapsed asshole <laughs> hanging out below his dong. <laughs> it's like, yep. That's what I call dick number two at this point. This is what happened when I went into a gape competition with a changeling. <laughs> it's it's really the worst thing. It's like, you know one of those sticky hands you get out of a fucking vending machine? It's like that. I just picks up every little piece of dirt on the ground, mm. and like every time I put on underpants, it just gets a lint cotton in it. Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. I made the foolish mistake of using gape gloves, <laughs> and I wanted to beat that changeling so bad, <laughs> but I could walk through that motherfucker. <laughs> I couldn't. I, tr- I went too hard. To push myself too far. I was like Icarus flying towards the sun. <laughs> I flew too close to the gape gloves. <laughs> with, 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 with wings made of gape gloves. <laughs> <laughs> with wings made of ass. <laughs> with wings made of ass. And now I live with this. My, my shame. Uh, so everything disappears except for Ruragan, who tells the two officers not to be surprised is he's just as much flesh and blood as they are. Which, uh, Odo's not flesh and blood. He's not. <laughs> um, he explains he lived on Eureta Prime with all the people there, but after the planet was conquered by the Dominion, it changed their whole way of life and he decided to leave, which explains how they knew about changelings. Uh, he came here and set up this hollow generator, recreating the village with all of his friends. That'd be funny if he was actually just some sort of like, like weird racist guy. Like the whole thing changed. They went woke. I had to leave. <laughs> so I actually have this written here. Uh, well, really? Just a little bit later. But did you notice everyone in the village is white? There was, uh, I think, two black actors. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't notice them. Yeah, there's. A- I I guess I'm just colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it didn't matter. They're ideologically, ideologically in line with me. <laughs> They're the good ones. <laughs> so, um, uh, he wants them to take him back. Oh, sorry. Uh, so he created the village with all of his friends. Uh, he had been living there among the people for 30 years and watched all of his friends die and then watched all of the holograms live, give birth, grow old, die, sometimes even forgetting that they were holograms. He asks Odo and Dax to not restart the program and just take him back to Eureta Prime. Odo wants to know what will happen to the people in the village. And this is weird. Why would he want to go back just to die? Yeah. It's super weird. Instead of like like living out the rest of his life in a place that he's familiar with? I don't know. It's super weird. So Yeah, he's, he's just depressed and he's yeah. like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Yeah, fucking just kill me. Just fucking kill me. Take me back to that woke liberal hellhole. <laughs> just just gape my ass until you split me in <laughs> half, all right? Just end it all, okay? <laughs> so, while they may not be real... Oh, so Odo wants to know what will happen to the people in the village, saying, while they may not be real... 
the way biological life forms are real, perhaps they are worth keeping alive, since they appear to think, feel, and reproduce. This is an incredibly slippery slope argument with holograms. Yeah. It if is. you're going to say if they think and feel, mm-hmm. then basically at any point when you tell a hologram that they're a hologram, you are then almost required to keep them alive in some way, which is weird, right? And they do, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if it, that's the way they pro, they're programmed, but they do take the um, knowledge that they're all holograms very easily. They're easily. Like, oh, well, well, can you fix us then? Well, that's not going to give me any sort of existential <laughs> problems at all. Right? Like, like if, if I found out we were living in a hologram world, mm-hmm. I'm talking public masturbation. I mean, that, that is public a... Public masturbation while driving like a pickup truck through a crowd of people. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking AR-15 mounted to a Ford F-350. You're all holograms. It's fine. Driving through the fucking police banquet ball. <laughs> Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they, I guess maybe they do. I mean, it's just like, oh, okay. I mean, they're just fine with it. But it yeah. just does suck. Like, yeah, they are holograms that do die. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now that they know they're holograms, though, they know they can. There's no limit to how much they can gape. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's what. That's what the final death blow to Ruragan. It's like they're it's like, like they, they all come back and they're like. Rurigan, so can you program us to uh There is no hole forever. <laughs> there is no hole. <laughs> I am the hole. I am the hole. Yeah, they just like they just hug hold up their hands and, and gape close and suddenly appear on them. <laughs> and they just like and then like it just starts going wide those wide. <laughs> the, the giant gape circle turns into like a yin yang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, he's the one. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> at, what, at what point do you think a hologram deserves or gains life? Um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's a question that's asked all throughout, you know. Voyager and stuff like okay, this is these are these are people, and it's weird because I feel like they have a much lower bar here than they ever do for EMH, yeah, or any holodeck program. Basically, like their their bar here is like mm-hmm. so much lower than it is for like Moriarty, yeah. Like Moriarty basically has to like hijack the fucking ship and be like, "I'm real," for them to be like, "Oh, maybe maybe he's kind of realish." Okay, he's real. Well, there's only one th- possible thing we can do. Trap him in a box for, <laughs> <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> yep. Yeah, trap him, put him in prison, and then just forget about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Bergen is uh, also betrayed by his emotions. He says they are real to him um, since he didn't want his granddaughter to get hurt. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and he cares about them. After such a rousing speech by Odo, bringing him to tears since he does love his granddaughter, he agrees not to turn his back on her. Yeah. It's actually a really nice speech from Odo. And yeah. It's kind of compelling, even though she's real to me. <laughs> it's real to me, god damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so back on DS9, Jake finally sits down and admits to his father that he doesn't want to go to Starfleet. Mm-hmm. And you know what Benjamin Sisko does? 
he fucking like loses his shit. He flies into a rage. <laughs> like he just starts. He just like takes like immediately downs a bottle mm. of fucking Andorian ale, pisses his his pants, and punches Jake. Then he's like, then he goes like, I'm gonna go drive this. I'm gonna go drive the, drive drive the space station. You can't drive the space station. And then he starts drive. And then it actually starts moving. This is fucking space station. You're not a forklift. I don't even got damn certification, Jake. You faggot. <laughs> I'm glad your mom's dead, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Throws a bottle against the wall. Hey, I fucked your mom, fucking idiot. Shut <laughs> up. You know, so of mine, idiot. Shut up, man. <laughs> you don't so. tell me what to do. <laughs> suck, suck my dick, Jake. Jake. Fucking less than Jake, right? You're like a, you're like a ska band, you little piece of shit. Fuck you know what's you. less than Jake? Nothing. Jake's <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of bottom, where's your boyfriend, Nug? It should be greater than Jake. Because everything's greater than Jake. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing's better than Esri. No, yeah. that's true. Gotcha. Damn. No, that's not true. Jed Z is better than Esri by a mile. It's true. By a light year, baby. Yeah. Like, Esri is like proto Tindy, though. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's fine. She's fine. I, yeah. I, I eat that butt, but still. Yeah. Um, so back on the state. Uh, so after uh, he beats him mercilessly, <laughs> uh, Ben is tapped uh, and Cisco's like, well, maybe I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, you know, but it takes him, it takes him a severe beating to really get through the trauma of yeah. his son not wanting to walk in his footsteps. Yeah. He, you know, he, you know, takes him like all of one second to just be like, oh no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. I love you. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. And I'm not, because, mar- because, I'm not married to Starfleet. Because obviously, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> the only thing I was married to was killed by a member of Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like. You can literally do whatever you want. Like, yeah. you're, I, I have no worries that you're like, you know, that yeah. you're si- that he, you're not going to be successful and die in the street or anything. Yeah. Um. He says. Uh. He wants. Uh, Jake says he wants to do something that's like he is, not like mm-hmm. his father is. If that makes sense. Yeah. And Benjamin says he understands and simply asks Jake to do one thing: find something that he loves and do it the best he fucking can. Yeah. Of course, that's, that's what he's gonna say. Of course, yeah, because he's goddamn Ben Cisco, yeah. the best dad of all time. Yeah, respect his dad. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's like yeah, he's he's yeah, he's like okay, well, my dad, you know, made the best, you know, fucking a toufay <laughs> jambalaya and to- yeah. and, uh, and I don't even know what's in jambalaya. <laughs> I just do minor <laughs> war crimes, so I'm, I got my own thing. I'm the I'm the best uh, Star Trek captain, and no. you're gonna be the best, you know, no, writer. No, at this point, he's not though. Oh yeah, he's still commander. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, right he's now the he's, the he's the best commander. He well, I mean, I love Riker. Yeah, I I I put them on the. It's weird because I mean, just as Riker wasn't great until he grew the beard, Cisco's mm-hmm. not great until he grows the beard. It's either. true. Yeah, so, you know, I would actually say, and he didn't grow the beard until he was a captain. So yeah, I would actually say, yeah, I I think Riker might be a better commander than Cisco. Mm. But Captain Riker, definitely not as good as Captain Cisco, baby. Nope. And of course, Cisco's the ultimate emissary to the prophets. Yes. Yeah. So even really, he doesn't even stay in Starfleet. No, not at all. Yeah, he becomes, you know, a god. But in the IDW <laughs> comic series, apparently, the, the continuation, I guess he does. Hmm. Which 
whatever. Um, so, uh, um, now Kira goes to confront Quark, telling him that his cousin Kono was caught trying to slip into the station with stolen bone carvings from the Cardassian Museum. Although it is clear that he tried to distract her by suggesting Burial be invited to the station, unfortunately there's no evidence linking Quark to his cousin's crime. You know what's funny is like, it's basically like they're selling Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> like, You're not like, wrong. Like that's it's like that's because what the Cardassians equi- are fascists. That yeah, is a hundred. It's, and they're, it's, and they're, it's basically like Jews stealing Nazi <laughs> member. I mean, it make more sense if it was like the Maquis or, or Bajorans. There's the Bajorans, it. yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they're yeah, but like, but the Ferengi are just dealing and trading of a uh, of a uh, Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. So yeah, I, could, I was about to say like I was about to say like, well, why does Kira care if they're stealing Cardassian shit? But then I'm like, oh wait. Yeah, it's like that's they're, they're, they're selling they're they're uh they're selling black market uh Nazi icon iconography. Well, the thing is here instead of like a, a reunified Germany, like the Nazis <laughs> still exist for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're they're just like okay, yeah. I mean, you lost yeah, well, the war. Yeah, you just move back to your territory. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a treaty, and you can take some of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But we get the space station. <laughs> yeah. The fucking space station that's only good for ore mining. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, so although it is clear that he tried to distract her by suggesting Burial be invited at the station, unfortunately those, there's no evidence linking Quark to the cousin's crime. Although Quark won't admit anything, Kira thanks him for arranging Burial's visit, saying it was certainly dick-stracting. <laughs> <laughs> distracting. I made that. Oh one yeah, up. she said distracting. She but. did, but you know, but I think she slipped a bit, and I think she did say distracting. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't because you know she's always on top. And oh, I'm, well, I'm no, talking well, about he doesn't ever even stick his penis inside of her. Oh well, that, that's what that you, you, you know. She actually said dick strapping. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> that was dick strapping. Dick meaning, strap on. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. very dick strap on. Oops. I mean, just. Uh, 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 I mean, um, I mean, dick coming. I mean, damn it. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I pegged Burial. Fuck. It's, it's all peculiar. I mean, peculiar. <laughs> I I had you pegged Quark. I mean, I had Burial pegged. Fuck. Ah. Not again. Fuck. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Quark privately curses that it wasn't dick strapping enough. <laughs> All right. So, um, <clears throat> down on the planet, Dax fixes the machine, and Rurigan makes one last request. Don't tell the holograms he isn't one of them. Mm. After agreeing, she turns the machine back on, and everything is restored, including all the missing people. Coilus wonders who created all of this. And Odo simply says that whoever they are, they did a damn fine job. <laughs> Wink. Uh, Taya says goodbye, and Odo turns into a spinning top to amuse her. <laughs> just before he and Dax beam up. Uh, notably, this is the first and only time he's ever been a top in the series. Mm-hmm. And the only time he'll ever be a top is, <laughs> we know what Kira does. We know what Quark does. We do. <laughs> uh, and... End credits. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, that was a good episode. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Above average. I mean, not great episode. This is yeah. still obviously an early DS9. Before it grew the beard, kind of when it was still mm-hmm. figuring out what it was doing. I, it had too many plots. I'll yeah. Say. They didn't know 
exactly how to flesh out the episode with like mm-hmm. just an A plot and a B plot. And so like, um, yeah, I, I, mean, I hate, I, I will say I hate Vedic Burial. He, he sucks. He's the worst. I mean, that's the thing. Like the, you know, the B plot was supposed to be like the, um, the Kieran, um, Burial, mm-hmm. uh, romance, but it sucked. I mean, like, Vedic, you know, but Brile's not given anything. Yeah, it wasn't a B plot; it was an F minus. Yeah, it was an F minus plot. <laughs> so that's why they had to, you know, ha- put in the um and the and the. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a good bit with like uh, Jake and Cisco. Like that was, I, that was fine. That was yeah, but obviously that, we what, knew where that was going. Yeah, like, that's what I would say was kind of necessary to the storytelling of the series overall. Yeah, but at the same time, it could also have just been a non thing, like. Mm-hmm. Like it could have just been Jake never wanted to go to Starfleet and yeah. his dad never tried to push him and he suddenly discovers he wants to be mm-hmm. a writer at some point. That'd be fine too. They didn't yeah. really need this conflict and that's a good dramatic way of introducing his like foray into journalism and writing. True. And also another thing too that it does that it does set up is uh Jake is actually very interested in engineering, regardless of not wanting to join mm-hmm. Starfleet and pursues that later in the series and his friends with O'Brien specifically to mm-hmm. do engineering stuff. And also because O'Brien's the coolest motherfucker on the yeah. entire ship yeah. besides his dad. Like, mm-hmm. and so Jake's like, I just want to hang out with the two coolest guys on the ship that aren't named Quark <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or Vic Fontaine or Vic Fontaine. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it was okay. Yeah. Like, uh, I do. And yeah, I do like the, I did do like the uh, you know hologram story because yeah that is kind of like almost a Philip K. Dick type thing where it's like you yeah. know you you know you learn that you're an artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. just kind of you, I mean, but didn't really explore like dealing with the repercussions of that like these you know these people that have like lived their entire lives and suddenly find out that they're artificial intelligence and right. actually don't actually have physical forms. Right. Exactly. And Cause I mean, if they really dealt with the repercussions, we would have seen a lot more, um, gaping, <laughs> gaping. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the one emerging with, with a yin yang gape. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, uh, but, um, um, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see like, and then there'd be like the Smith, it'd be the anti gape. <laughs> Or you would just make his butthole very small. (laughs) (laughs) How do you make your butthole very small, Pat? I feel like the butthole's already very small. Even smaller. You're talking about like a reverse gape. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing like, yeah. Where you make it like like airtight. Like like a fucking blast of water couldn't get in. You could fucking put Mm. a pressure washer up here and no water would get in. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be like the opposite of the one. So right, right. Yeah, it has to be. It has to. It, it has to be the yin to the yang. Oh, so is, is this what that movie, uh, the Jet Li, the one was about? Do you think? <laughs> you know, possibly. Yeah, there was time travel in there, right? You know, I'm gonna write a letter to Jet Li. Cheer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jet Li. You should gape in your next movie. <laughs> Were the gape scenes left on the cutting room floor? <laughs> like, why didn't you? Can we see? Please see a director's cut. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't write this in Asian language. <laughs> Please send me the gape footage or else. Love, Pat. <laughs> Love Chuck Berry's ghost. Love Chuck Berry's ghost. Um, yeah, pretty pretty fun episode, though. Overall, yeah. overall pretty good. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I, like, I liked it enough. You know,
know, even early DS9 that's not, doesn't totally have his footing, I still like. Oh, yeah. Just because the characters are great, even if they haven't totally fleshed him out. Even mm. if it has fucking Burial in it, I can stand him. Yeah. He's a fucking wet blanket piece of shit. And mostly he just sucks. Uh, you know, he's he's a fine character. Kind of sucks. But, like, what really sucks about him is that Kira likes him. Yeah. And she shouldn't, like, sh- the, he shouldn't be her boyfriend. I should be her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and really, he is like one of the worst of the recurring characters. He's terrible. He's and like, yeah, like other there's other characters that you know reappear, and you're just like, fuck yes, yeah. Like and then every time you see fucking Golducott, fucking Brunt, Garak, Brunt, um, <laughs> FCA, yeah, fucking even Damar, like, yeah. There's a bunch of uh, oh fucking Grand Negazek, of course, mm-hmm. Moogie. Oh yeah, like there's tons of characters on that show. Look, Swan of Troy, mm-hmm. where you're like. Yeah, my motherfucker. Yeah. But every time I see Burial, I'm like, not him. Yeah, you're just like, Ugh. kill me, <laughs> gape it, gape it, um, gape it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was that was the old uh, Star Trek episode for the week. Uh, do you want to uh, select a random episode to watch next week? Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's choose a random episode for the week. So uh, the way we do this is we choose a random episode between uh, 1 and 820. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever number we land on, uh, we just choose the produ- the release order, basically, of that. And uh, yeah, so and we watch that episode next week. So are you ready? I am ready. All right, we're going to do the third number, Kay. third random number we get. So first number, hit it. We got 388. Not watching 388 next week. Next number is 51. Mm. Not watching 51 next week. That's probably a TOS. Yeah. So the third and final number and episode we'll be watching next week is 732. Uh oh. Which corresponds to. Discovery, Season 1, Episode 3, Context is for Kings. Okay, well, that's going to be an early-ish one. Um, it's the third episode of the series. So yeah. it's 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 when it was still fresh and not, like, cringe. Mm, they're still probably dealing with, like, the Klingons. Yeah. Think, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, right after this second episode, which is the Battle of the Binary Stars. So mm-hmm. it's right after that battle. So there's... There's some pretty, it's like the fallout of that, probably, I think. Yeah, it's first like, season wasn't that bad. No, first season yeah. was pretty good. I, I really liked Lorca and Michelle Yeoh. In oh, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Giorgio and Lorca were both pretty fun captains. Oh, that's right. You know, I remember like them saying like Lorca was going to make a reappearance in Discovery. Remember them saying that? Yeah, something like that. Mm, I wonder if he'll be... But we in... don't know if it's Mirror or... No, because the Mirror Universe one died, right? So. Mm-hmm. But the other one's unaccounted for. Yes. The Prime Universe one's unaccounted for. So yeah. it could be him. So yeah, good Lorca. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, we'll we'll be watching Star Trek Discovery next week. Cool, 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 cool. I guess so. All right. And with that, would you like to get into some sub? No, no, we're not. With that, let's get into the Klingon word of the day.
the Klingon word of the day. Today's Klingon word of the day is hitch. <laughs> hitch means gun or handgun. We t- I, I, I'm sorry. I made a I made a joke about this for the last Klingon word of the you day did. for Hutch. You did. You, you can't do this to me. I'm sorry. You can't do this to me, Pat. I'm sorry. I used up my good Will Smith joke on the last Klingon. <laughs> what are you doing to me here, Pat? I'm sorry. Jesus, man. <laughs> I only have one good Will Smith joke per episode. I told you this. I'm going to have to... One sec. Let me see if I got a wild, 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 wild west. Wait, wait. It what? could be Heitch. Heitch. Still, I was going to make a Will Smith joke. There's only one joke you can make with Hutch or Hitch, and it's, it's true. the and H- Hitch starring Will Smith <sighs> joke. You can make a Kevin James joke. Because Kevin James... Kevin James is more uh, King of Queens related and Paul Bart Mall Cop. You can make the Hitch joke with him, but mm-hmm. it's not a Kevin James movie. Did you happen to see... Um, you know the girl that played um, Riker and Troy's daughter? I don't know. And and, and Picard, uh, she was in a movie with Kevin James where he plays a Nazi that has a swastika tattooed on the back of his head. And she plays a little girl. And the, he has a team of Nazis. Keep going. I'm almost finished. That are trying to. Yeah. That are trying to find yeah. something. Yeah. And she's and she's like a little girl that ends up killing all of them. Like she does like a diehard types thing. And then That's it's just like. cool. Yeah. It's pretty gory. Yeah. And it's funny. It's weird seeing Kevin James as like a neo-Nazi guy with a. <laughs> crazy swastika tattoo that's pretty sick though that sounds fun but anyway hitch me our hitch means um a handgun and hitch means a uh, great early 2000s <laughs> comedy starring will smith and kevin james mm. uh, and who was the love interest of kevin james wasn't it can't remember that um that's me oh that's right that's me i'm, I'm <laughs> In my mind. You got all those nude photos you sent. Yeah. But Heitch means handgun. And uh, so uh, West Virginia uh, now made uh, um, a federal court in West Virginia. So it's nationwide. Oh, federal court. Uh Uh, They uh, now uh, uh, unregistered uh, handguns without uh, serial numbers are Heitch Heitch. (laughs) are now legal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Makes me want to put a hitch in my face. And <laughs> pull the trigger. <sighs> Speaking of wanting to die, you want to get into some subspace transmissions? Yes. Let's yes, do I it, do. baby. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Oh, boy. We're in subspace transmissions. It's that part of the show. Where I scour the internet for the dumbest and worst, and maybe best sometimes, comments and reviews of the episode we just watched. So, uh, I went on IMDb, scraped the worst of the worst again this week. Do you oh want to go uh, top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, bottom to top, why not? Okay, bottom to top. So like Akira to, no, uh, Briald Akira? Briald Akira. Briald Akira, all right. Uh, so, we're going to start with the lowest rated uh, rating here. Five out of ten from um, BKO Ganbing says on the day after Christmas 2019 <laughs> uh, vanished. Well, maybe he just got um, the DS9 box set oh. for, for Christmas or something. Oh, I know what you mean. DS9. And that's. Yeah. 
and that's what and he's decided to like uh watch uh let's do that instead of hanging out with his family which fair yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know yeah you know I, I have a family you have a family mm-hmm. i like ds9 more than most of them so um <laughs> Uh, this guy says vanished um, with a 5 out of 10 rating. He says, This Deep Space Nine episode is filled with three different storylines. Avery Brooks is hoping his son, Therok Lifton, will go into Starfleet, so he has him go to work for Chief O'Brien. But Jake Sisko sees his path as elsewhere. I like that he... That he, that he uses the names interchangeably of the yeah. actors and the characters. I hate that. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> Nana Vithar is keeping an eye on Armin Shimmerman as Odo is absent from the station, just mixing him up. But our old friend Vedig Varile, Vedig Vedig Varile, her old friend Vedic Venereal is visiting from Bajor. How to juggle enjoyment with responsibility. The main storyline features both Odo and Dax visiting a world where people are disappearing without a trace. Between Renee Erberson Wan's investigative abilities and Terry Farrell's science knowledge, the mystery is solved. A all to do with the nature of the world and its inhabitants. Good scenes with Odo and a little Noli Thornton whose mother is one of the vanished. Definitely the main reason to watch the episode. This guy's saying the main reason to watch the episode is the little girl. How yeah. do we feel about that? Plus, but what is with the constant changing of the names? Like, was hate, that, the, that was the actress's name, Noli Thornton? Yeah, I hate that so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's so odd. Because her kid, the kid's name was Yara or whatever. Yeah, or Taya. Taya, there you go. Yeah. I was thinking Tasha, Yara. Yeah, Yara. <laughs> Yara. <laughs> yeah, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, that's, well, that's what he chooses to do with his holiday time. Yep. I mean. I mean, that's probably what I'll be doing. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you're always welcome to come here to uh, leave internet comments. Hells yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, next, uh, we got a 6 out of 10. Uh, Snooze John C. says on March 13th, 2022, Okay episode, but Odo fans should enjoy. Says, <laughs> Odo and Dex help search for some missing people. This is a reasonably good episode with a nice mystery and some decent screen time for Odo. There are three plots going on with some scenes being stronger than others. Odo and Dax, for me, have the better of the material, but I won't go into specifics to avoid spoiling. Rene Abergeon was as good as ever. Jake has some development that is reminiscent of other character arcs in the franchise. These scenes are done well. But how many sons have we seen go through a dilemma relating to parents' expectations about the future? Mm-hmm. The best aspect of this is Colmini's natural performance as he supports and guides Jake. Agreed, actually. Yeah. I find most Star Trek romances pretty uninteresting, and the one in this episode is in that bracket. A hundred percent. Yeah, like, uh, and plus, yeah, I mean, the uh, the Jake and Cisco stuff, yeah, is more in, more in uh, territory, but. But I mean, I I do I do think like uh, they both do a very excellent job of that, and um, I mean they they do have great chemistry. Together. They do. And I think that's what makes their everything about their interaction so believable, mm-hmm. and like makes him seem like such a good dad. Is like Avery Brooks seems like he's a good dad in real life too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're just watching, you and and yeah, it just feels like a genuine moment between between uh, a father and son, and. So and that's why it didn't like come off as too bad to me, like mm-hmm. just like un- completely unnecessary. Because yeah, I mean, it's understood to like help further further Jake's plot, mm-hmm. 
And but yeah, it's just like a nice, you know, slice of life type thing to have between, you know, um uh uh weird hologram uh uh village run by a psycho and uh mm-hmm. and a completely awful romance between <laughs> two two people who are terrible for each other. <laughs> you know, yeah, actually the the episode is so much better than the sum of its parts because yeah. what you have is like uh most of the episode is a bucket and a slut talking to holograms, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound great, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. And then, you know, you also have like a fucking idiot himbo who can't <laughs> like play his character, fucking the most interesting person on the station. Mm-hmm. And uh and then just like this little weird father son plot that you don't need. Yeah. Like the 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 parts aren't great, but the, some of his parts are totally fine yeah. as a show. And I think maybe it's it's okay that they use so many like a B and a C plot because that actually fleshed it out to be tolerable. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they you know didn't have one of those plots, mm-hmm. they would have given more time to another plot that would have made it worse. Who they knows? could have given more time to Kenneth Mars uh, because he's a very funny actor. <laughs> they could have also <laughs> given t- more time to uh, Vedic Burial because. Mm. He is good at wasting on the screen time. <laughs> Actually, they should have had like uh, Kenneth Mars's character and Kira. I bet. I bet Kenneth mm. Mars could have done a more convincing job. Oh yeah. Even though he's Maybe probably like, twice your age. You want my Mars bar? Because <laughs> he's just a very fun guy. He's hilarious. Mm. So I could. I could see him like you know getting getting a. Give his dick wet. Uh, so next, next we have <laughs> the vac installer, who I think we've read a comment from before. On oh, really? Oh yeah, yeah the HVACs. Yeah. Uh, so he says, "Back to reality." Back to reality. <laughs> um, uh, he gives it a seven out of ten. Okay. And says, um, "This episode is a sweet little exploration of defining what reality is." Odo makes a strong case that if a holodeck character can change and grow, then they are real, and we should not dismiss them because we are biological life forms. The fact that Odo is an outside and doesn't really fit into biological life form commonality gives his speech added weight. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess that is true, yeah. Yeah. Ben Sisko is making a strong run at Galaxy's Greatest Dad for being totally cool with Jake finding his own path in life and not becoming a Boy Scout Starfleet officer. I found it sad that the old man was essentially role-playing a version of his society pre-Dominion occupation. How would... He would certainly have to wrestle with the memories of what life was on his planet before the Dominion. There is a deep sadness about the man. Maybe he was related to the defects of the holodeck. Or maybe he was unable to fully immerse himself in the holodeck world and had one foot in the past. Kira and Burial kissed like they're 13-year-olds. <laughs> slobbering over one another. LOL! I still enjoy them both, but I found the makeout scene unintentionally hilarious. I mean, yeah. He was talking through the entire thing, too. He's like, yeah. oh, this is my first kiss with this woman. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to talk about the guy who invited me here and, yeah. and his gambling problem. Huh. That'll get her in the mood. Huh. I wonder why when I become sexually aroused, I think of my friend. Hmm. And talk about gambling. Ta- ta- well, better not think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I why when I come do I just think <laughs> about Dabo <laughs> hmm, interesting I think I have a gambling addiction <laughs> and I'm in love with a man <laughs> a gambling addiction <laughs> a gambling <laughs> um, 
So next we have a comment from Tweakums <laughs> nice. from March 22nd, 2010. 12 years ago. Wow. Uh, the comment says, An unusual village. Warning spoilers. When Dax and Odo are surveying planets in the Gamma Quadrant, they detect unusual particles so beam down to the surface. Here they find a device in the middle of a village which is emanating the particles. Before they can finish uh, examining the device, they are taken into custody under suspicion of being involved in a series of recent disappearances. Once they have convinced him of their innocence, they volunteer to help with the investigations. There is something strange about the village. Nobody has ever explored beyond the valley they live in. Not because of some perceived danger, but just because nobody has ever thought to go further. While investigating the disappearances, Odo befriends Taya, a young girl whose mother vanished on the morning of their arrival. When Odo, Dax, and Taya start to explore outside the valley, they make a startling discovery about the village and its inhabitants. Back on DS9, there are a couple of minor plot lines. One involving Jake getting a job helping Chief O'Brien, another where Quark tries to distract Kira by arranging for an old friend to visit the station while he is involved in a smuggling deal. <laughs> yeah, selling, selling Nazi memorabilia. Oh, yeah. The main story was pretty good. Young Noli Thornton did really well as Taya, and while there was a little sense of danger, there was an interesting mystery. The secondary stories were less interesting, although this was the first time we hear that Jake doesn't want a career in Starfleet as his father had assumed. It's funny they keep referring to her, uh, the uh, you know Taya by her actress name, but did she go on to do anything else? I don't know. Uh, what was it? Something Thornton? Uh, yeah, look at her. I guess the last thing she was ever in was like in 1998. <laughs> weird. These people are weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, she didn't have much of an acting career. Cool. So next, uh, we get a comment from Bradley Bannerman on July 27th, 2019. He gives it an 8 out of 10. Really likes this one. Mm. Uh, says, great family-centered episode. Says, so many good things about this episode. An understanding father accepting of his son's decision. An old man who found his family even though they are so very different. Even Major Kira finds some joy in companionship. Now this is what Star Trek is about. Is it? Though? Yeah, I can agree with that. Is it about family? I mean, I mean uh, just not family, but just like just people. How they interact with each other and, you know. The good stuff, you know, just like, you know, the, the sci-fi stuff's just window dressing. To... Next, we have a question that was already asked and answered by Philip K. Dick 30 years ago. Mm. Uh, Tassajets says on January 4th, 2019, Do programs dream? Nine out of ten stars. I loved this episode. The hologram is graphic projections made by a computer. They are programmed. Can programs be self-conscious? And what is it to be self-conscious? Or what do we recognize as self-conscious? Anyway, I find the episodes with Odo fascinating. And this explore, episode explores Odo and his relationship to himself, if you know what I mean. I mean, we got some Odo stuff. like Yeah, not really. He doesn't learn anything about us. Like, the, the stuff where he's, like, with changelings explores way more. Yeah, things. this, like, we just find out that he's actually okay talking to a girl, a little uh, li girl like little girls like he's not a, he doesn't come off as like 
as a, creepy a, as we think. A, a fascist creep, uh-huh. <laughs> to, to, or like you know, just or just a cop. Yeah, he, he does more of a Columbo thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, little girl, have you seen anybody with big or rich noses around here? <laughs> Want some raisins? <laughs> um. Uh, the scene where Odo interacts with the hologram of the little girl is moving, and I feel that this also makes Odo open himself in a new episode. Oh, does it ever? Mm-hmm. Doing the gape. <laughs> Doing the gape style. Gape gloves. Gape gloves. Uh, much like in the ending of the episode, The Alternate. You know, I especially am fascinated by the Doctor and Voyager and Data in Next Generation. What is a person? <laughs> I, I copy this down because of the very last two sentences. Yeah. You know I especially am fascinated by the Doctor and Voyager and Data in Next Generation, What is a Person? Yeah, it's the ne- next Matt Walsh movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Doctor does dream, and so does Data. They both dream. Yeah. Like, they, yeah, like, uh, like Doctor's Dream I, I, is one of the funniest scenes where he's, like, uh, dreaming himself, uh, um, uh, singing opera, and then, and then, like, uh, expertly, uh, um, uh, takes care of Tuvok who's going through the through the through Ponfar and while while singing and and singing instructions <laughs> like amazing. that was the bet one of the best scenes and yeah of course Data's weird uh weird ass fucking dreams. Mm-hmm. So next we have uh, Plankton Rules says on December. Uh, I think we've had a Plankton Rules one. I think before. we have too. Yeah. yeah. On December eighteenth, twenty fourteen. A nice episode for Odo lovers. Shadow play is an odd episode. Nine out of ten, by the way. Shadow play is an odd episode. Nothing really that important happens. No one dies, and it's easy to dismiss it all as a bit of fluff. Yet, it also allows for some character development. I love seeing the scenes between Odo and the little girl, Taya. Nobody thought. <laughs> when the show begins, Odo and Jitsia are on a mission. When they discover an odd civilization, their leader is concerned because members of their community have disappeared, and they uh, really have no idea where they've gone. Naturally, the pair decide to help, and discover that the settlement is really unique and i liked the twist i also really liked the way the two interacted with the nice folks in this community and it made this uh one a highlight episode for me that is true they do they 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 do have like past very little judgment yeah and and i do that that part i do like they they go in and and that, that that is a big Star Trek thing, like thing that I like, where they just go in and just like, okay, this is how these people do things. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, no no judgment. Like, uh, we don't care how big you can gape it. We just want to help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, except we're not going to give the old man medical treatment at all. Yeah. You can die, old man. We don't but, care. Uh, if it was if, if this was a, a Picard season three thing, like they would just be torturing all the um, be waterboarding the holograms. And, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> Tell me, like, do it. And, and Picard really needs to do a Batman voice. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. tell, tell me where Vedic is. <laughs> tell me. Waterboarding <laughs> the little girl. <laughs> Noli Thornton makes her return to acting. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's who Vedic is. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, no, thanks. It's Noli Thornton. She's a uh, hologram. That's true. Yeah. So next, uh, we got our best rating here. Uh, Jay McDaniel's film says on December 27th, 2012, with just way too much enthusiasm, 9 out of 10, everything that Star Trek should be and more. (laughs) This is by far one of my favorite episodes of DS9. It represents everything that the Star Trek series is about. 
At this point in the series, the characters are really beginning to come into their own. I wish they'd come into their own assholes. Uh, maybe maybe with the, with the boner girdle. And the gape gloves. And the gape gloves. You combine the two forbidden pieces of clothing together. In the future, everyone has them. It's, uh, when you join Starfleet, you get the combat, the boner girdle, and the gape gloves. I'm kicking you out of Starfleet, turning your boner girdle, your gape gloves, and your combat. God damn it, Chief, I do things my way. I gape on my own terms. You won't be, ga- you won't be gaping for Starfleet no more. But I gape results. I gape results. <laughs> I gape results and you know it. <laughs> so, um, uh, the interaction between Odo and the little girl was wonderful to watch. Normally rigid and to the point, we see an Odo that is humanized as much as a changing can be, caring and empathetic. We can all sympathize with Rurigan and his need to create a utopian society, even if it's not what it appears. And who doesn't love a happy ending? Hells yeah. Especially when you go to a, a massage parlor from rubmaps.com. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by rubmaps.com. And Blue Chew. And Blue Chew. Together, <laughs> probably not a good idea. <laughs> That's when you're going to have a good Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that, Britain. That's racist. This shows us, uh, this show asks us to consider. What we call life and what we want out of it, especially the board game Mm. or the movie starring Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. You want to eat that cone breed? Um, (laughs) That movie was kind of just like like a Shawshank Redemption comedy. Yeah, it was actually funny, though. uh, I'd go back and watch it. It It's a pretty funny film. Yeah. so uh, it should make us all appreciate the similarities we share is human sentient beings. The backstory between Jake and Ben Sisko allows us to glimpse into the personal lives of the characters and remind us they are real beings and not just actors playing a character. What? Yes, they are. In as much as the village of holograms are real, so are the crew of Starbase Deep Space Nine <laughs> in their own reality. What are you talking about, guy? <laughs> this guy is going off. Yeah, he definitely just like he's just like huffing huffing uh huffing uh stuff out of a bag and just being <laughs> like, All right, I'm gonna write this review. <laughs> I am D Beaver. Uh I found that the play between Major Kira, Vedic Barile, and Quark to be unnecessary and simply used as filler material, which seems yeah. to be there only to give the actor screen time, which is true. Yeah. Actually, yeah, if I were to cut cut one of the one of the on the plots, it would definitely be the uh, the Vedic Brile. Oh, 100%. Like, thing. Like, yeah, they could have, they could have, like, more fleshed uh, the Jake and uh, Cisco thing out a little bit more. More like Vedic Revile. <laughs> all right, guys. Oh, got I got him. Fuck you, guy. Uh, with all of that, I think you will find this is a very satisfying episode that should tug at your heartstrings and leave you feeling a little bit better about life in general. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I never do. No, like, <laughs> nothing can quell the pain, baby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess that is, uh, subspace transmissions for the week. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Looks like we're getting near the end of the show. But, uh, before that, maybe we should talk about the end of some people's lives. Yes. All right. Time for a red shirt obituary. Will the away team was in a pinch? And somebody had to die. die, die, die. But 
takes a lot of time to beam up to that big fat shirt in the sky. Today we remember two officers, including Commander Sonak, the science officer who served aboard the USS Enterprise under Captain William Decker. Oh. The two officers to come to genetic reconfiguration caused by a transporter accident aboard the newly retrofitted USS Enterprise during the V'ger crisis of the 2270s, leaving them disfigured masses of their former selves. Yeah, whatever being backed wasn't human. The, indeed. They never even got to serve under Kirk after he stole command of the ship. <laughs> so rest in peace among the stars, Commander Sonak and other guy. And thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. R.I.P. Bozos. Indeed. Well, that's about the show. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Mr. Man? I'm uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Potomac Bomb. Super duper. And you can find me on all the socials at Soytrek. Soytrek, Soytrek, Soytrek. Soytrek anywhere. But you know what? Go to fucking Soytrek.com. That's where we sell our merch. Wait, That's where you can find our podcast. Mm-hmm. That's where, if you have the correct URL and codes and passwords, you can see our own Gape Gloves, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's make Gape Gloves. Yes. Let's, make, let's, let's just buy a whole bunch of, like, winter gloves and just, <laughs> and just put, like, Soy Trek Gape Gloves so on. I wonder if you can just now buy just blank Gape Gloves. <laughs> and then we can just, like... Put like, designs on it. Imagine there's fucking just a t-shirt website. You just scroll all the way down. Actually, one blank gape clothes. <laughs> one one glove can be your face, and one glove can be my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Send us pictures of using uh, using gape gloves. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> using our gape gloves. Right. Yes. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Well, I guess with that, Captain's Log, supplemental. Well, that's it, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 76 says, every once in a while, declare peace. It confuses the hell out of your enemies. Ooh. All right. Well, thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and otherworldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 so